fight And we don't have to kill Everybody in the whole wide world Really just needs to chill No, we don't have to fuss No, no, no We don't have to fight Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Just Chill with Oliver George. This is episode number 70, and it has been a while since we've done a recording. I'm very happy to have a returning guest hanging out with me for this one. And before we get into it, though, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube right now and you would prefer audio only, you can get that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and other places like that. If you're doing that and you could please leave a review for the show, hopefully positive, that would be great. Uh, if you didn't know there was a visual side to this show, though, you can come check it out on YouTube. And if you would subscribe, it would really mean a lot to me. We recently hit 1.5K. Uh, I got a few hundred new subscribers after the episode with Kenny Hot. So uh, welcome to all of you and thank you for joining in. Finally, if you want to reach out to me, maybe you've got a cool guest idea or just some general feedback about the show, you can hit me up at justchillpodcasting at gmail.com. And if you want one of these stickers, oh, I just dropped that one. If you would like one of these holofoil stickers, I will send you one free of charge. Just uh, give me your address and it'll be on the way. Now, for the guest, uh, as I mentioned, you are a returning guest, which is always fun to have somebody come back. But you were in one of the earliest episodes, uh, episode 12, I believe it was. And you're a very, very funny writer, comedian, musician, uh, father as well. Yeah. Uh, it's Tavis Mablesden. Hello. How are you? <laughs> Not bad. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. As good as you can get for two years of... Because uh, the last time we chatted here was pre-pandemic, so... Yeah, really? That's things crazy. Things were uh, a bit different. Because I remember because I was here and I had to leave to go do a comedy show. And that uh, has become much more rare. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, have you still been getting out there whenever you can? or Yeah, whenever I can. I mean, in Ottawa, it's been open relatively more in the past two years than Toronto, Montreal, things like that. So, um, so yeah, when things are open, I've been able to do comedy. But I st at the, the same time, like, that's mostly just club comedy stuff that, uh, like, I really didn't go do any of the independent side rooms or anything for two years almost. Wow. Just because... The training rooms or whatever they call them. Yeah, I mean, which which I love. I love doing them, but it didn't it didn't work mentally to be like, hey, I'm going to go out and potentially get sick Yeah, for like what, what would be Some a Some place like Eddie's where it's like a hallway, basically. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I'm going to cram a bunch of people in here at the height of some, you know, surge. Yeah. 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 And, and I mean, the whole thing's been really weird. Like it's been detrimental to comedy to be living in like a moment of crisis and fear for two years it's like well, what, not, now make me laugh okay sure well not only that but a lot of the things comedians do is talk about you know what's going on in the world topical stuff and the world is pretty fucking divided right now so mm -hmm. it, it feels like unless you completely steer clear of of the most relevant current events uh you know and just to silly jokes or whatever but if you want to dig into that stuff you're almost instantly making enemies on one half of the audience right you. yeah like that's been really hard to to deal with the other aspect being like if you had jokes that you're like i could use this for a couple years it, like they're they can become immediately irrelevant you're like i was out the other day and everyone's like no you weren't <laughs> you, you weren't out anywhere i know that yeah, it's not true that's so it so makes true. your jokes all like five years old you're like okay i guess i need new stuff and then you like you're talking about like you have to write new stuff that you don't want to be about what it's like to live at home with a mask on. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, well, it's what even smaller is? things that like I didn't even realize. I mean, it, kind of looking back, it's kind of strange because I'm a bit of a germaphobe anyways, but I smoked many joints with people. Yeah. Uh, and now that's something that is, seems very strange in a time where you're trying to constantly like 
sort of hermetically seal yourself from other people's germs. hundred percent. I'll tell you the, the, I'm very similar to that. Like I was, I was germaphobic before the pandemic for quite a while. Like I hate, like when they was like, I don't think shaking hands will happen anymore. I was like, thank God. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like it. I well, you mean the guy who just uh, touched his penis and then yeah. didn't wash his hands? And I don't have to touch his hand. clammy hand. and you're like, why do you have a clammy hand? Why yeah. are you shaking people? But like, so when that went away, I was like, great, this is fine. Um, but yeah, I had not smoked. Like I, I stopped smoking weed 20 years ago. Mainly because I was like, every time I share joints with people, I get sick. And I, I don't like being sick much more than I like being high. So I never, like, I haven't shared something like that with someone in decades. Yeah, it's weird because I remember when I started smoking weed and, you know, and it was like a teenager and in my 20s, it was kind of like a, a nice thing to do for someone. Like, hey, I'm going to smoke you on a joint. It was like, well, you know. It would be bizarre courteous. If, you, if you smoked your own. I remember someone in university who was like, here, you can have that one. And I was like, what? Yeah, when someone just <laughs> rolls a joints and gives yeah. it to you. Yeah. Oh, geez, like, geez, I can't like speak. Daddy Warbucks over here is giving out joints. You're like, I'd, I'd never Or the guy that. who always had his own pinner even was kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. It was a communal it's, thing. Yeah, exactly. Generally very speaking. selfish for sure. But um, yeah, I, that I, being said, I'm I'm deep into the world of marijuana now. Oh, yeah? Like, much more into uh, edibles and things How like long that. ago did you re-immerse yourself? Um... This wasn't a pandemic thing, right? No, no, no. A couple years before that. Just like nothing crazy, but like uh, I do enjoy it. Um, And the same way I enjoy alcohol all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, you're talking about germaphobe stuff, though, and sharing joints. Like one thing for me, and this is not meant to be disparaging against anyone who has uh, this, which is cold sores, but I'm super paranoid about catching cold sores yeah, because I've never had one. I don't want to have one. If you ever thought you might've had one and you go on Google, you can terrify yourself with worst case scenario images. Oh my God. Um, so, you know, it's just looking back, I'm like, wow, I'm surprised that I shared so many joints. You know, you never really know what someone has. And, uh, and I don't know why I brought that up, but it's definitely a phobia of mine. That and sharks. Yeah. I guess like a, a shark with cold sores would probably be the scariest thing to me. Definitely. Wouldn't be called jaws. It'd just be called lips. Yeah, because even if you <laughs> you survive and then you're like, oh, great. There's still a risk that I'm going to get cold sores. <laughs> <laughs> you like bit your arm off and yeah. you're more mad about the cold sores. Yeah. Oh. You think that's bad. Your arm's about to get cold sores. Oh, shit. I think it's the permanence of cold sores that that I find so uh, yeah. you know terrifying. It's 100%. like anything that there's no cure for. Scares the shit out of me. Yeah, because it's a uh, you have to adapt your life now. This is, yeah, I do. You know. Well, it's like like the past two years, everyone's like, if you take this vaccine, it'll change your DNA. And you're like, yeah, so does fucking cold sores changes your DNA yeah. forever. Other it's viruses, in there forever. yeah. And those are the people that are kissing each other on the dick all the time. And you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? A whole fucking generation of people who eat ass are apparently super worried about. Like, I don't know. I I hear about eating ass, and I maybe I'm a prude, but. I don't, I'm not uh, too interested in that, if I'm yeah. being honest. Yeah, you just had a little warts on your lips. Oh, yeah. good Thank, God. Thanks for that. These are all nightmares to me. Oh, my God. Imagine a shark was eating your ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think I would die. This is my worst nightmare. Maybe. <laughs> but it's also kind of cool. I, I have so much stuff to uh, go over here because, as I said, it's been a long time. 
the last episode we recorded was with Kenny, and that was December 12th. So as of yesterday, it was two months since we've done one of these. Wow. It's been six weeks since I posted one, roughly. And uh, so I'm going to go over some stuff, but please chime in on any of this. And I'll, I have a couple supplemental questions I've added to sort of yeah. not make I'll, it all about me here. I'll just uh, I'll just make faces into the camera. You can cut away to like, huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> My dad's on the cutaway, so, you know, you got to <laughs> see how on the ball he is. Um, so... Actually, one thing I wanted to say was I, I posted that last episode on January 3rd with the intention to take a couple weeks off. Generally, I, I don't like taking huge breaks once the season's up and going. Um, and then a lot of shit happened and kept happening and is still sort of happening. So I'll just go through this chronologically and, and we can, you know, wrap on it. But um, about the day after I posted that or maybe the day after that, I hit like an alcohol wall, which you sort of mentioned drinking a lot during the pandemic. I don't know if that was true or not or rooted in truth. But um, yeah, it's not easy to say, but I definitely hit a, a low point where I felt like I needed to reassess my relationship with alcohol. Uh, and I'm not talking about joining AA or like I crashed my car. Like I'm not an alcoholic. I don't think in that sense, um, not to shame people who are in that situation, but um, frequency was still a problem. You know, I didn't drink in the morning. I didn't drink and drive. I didn't drink and go to work, but drinking almost every day and not binge drinking, but some of those were more than I needed to have. And it just, yeah. you know, it just fucking depleted my battery after a while. It really, so, so one question I did want to tie this into you is have you had issues or struggles with that? If, if you're comfortable talking about it during the pandemic, uh, and also just with comedy, I find is a question I'd like to ask comedians because, Alcohol is very rooted in, you know, the comedy club scene. And, and I've always wondered how the straight, clean, you know, sober as you can be comics navigate that uh, because a lot of them are in recovery. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to ask them. I'm well, sorry. yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't mean that part for you. But have you had your own uh, issues, both with comedy and the pandemic with balancing alcohol? Oh, definitely. I mean, yeah, like I've I've said on stage before, like I was like, I don't think if comedy took place in a church basement that I would have done it. Like, like when I started doing comedy, it was like, I've, or the first time I did stand up, I was like, I want to see if I could do it. And then after that, it became a thing where it's like, it's so more social than anything. Yeah. Like I like, cause when you're an open micer at the beginning of your career, quote career, uh, you're much more into like, you're not making any money. You're just there to see what Get stage what's time. good, like see if your jokes work. Yeah have fun. And, uh, yeah, I loved that. I mean, I really did love that. And, um, I, I have achieved moderate success, like local success and stuff, but even I've been able to notice that like over the trajectory of your career, generally the more you get paid, the worse the show is going to be Oh, really for you. Like, like you can have great shows, but if you, some, sometimes you're getting paid hundreds of dollars, you're going somewhere where you're like, this is gonna be rough. Like this is like a, is a church basement and these people yeah. are in their seventies and, and you're like, why didn't anyone tell me I'd be performing for old ladies? Like yeah. I, I could have changed my job. I had one of those. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't getting paid mind you, but I did have an audience like that once. Well, that's not fun. At least you get paid. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Um, but like, so yeah, I look back on like the, like very freewheeling aspect of the early stuff, but a lot of it was rooted in a night out. Mm. I'm going to go out and drink some beers. And especially cause like when you're first starting out in local comedy, I mean, um, a lot of it is like, I can't pay you at all, but the bar will give you a free beer. I was just going to say, yeah, you get a comp on a drink or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And like certain places, like there was, I always regret this. Um, local guy, Tash Noved was running, mm. uh, a good producer was running 
uh, a show at an Indian restaurant in Bell's Corners. And <laughs> so random. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was this crazy little room that was tucked away above the restaurant. Um, but they would give you free buffet before the show or whatever. That's pretty cool. Yeah, but back then I was like kind of more nervous to do comedy. And I was like, oh, I'll eat a little bit because my stomach, I don't want to yeah. be upset and stuff. And then like... Two years later, I was like, fuck, I want to go do that show again and just eat as much Indian, great Indian food as I can and then go up on stage and be like, yeah, yeah, how's it going? Whatever. I just came <laughs> here for like a giant, a giant meal. Yeah, I don't know that I would want to eat a bunch before performing just because I feel like when I eat a large meal, it makes me sleepy. I just want to take a nap. Oh, yeah, definitely. I, I, tr I tend not to, but I would be like, yeah, for a big – because Indian food is so expensive mm. that I was like, if I'm going to get paid in food – Next time I'm going all out. <laughs> like yeah. I'm gonna come home fat. But, yeah, I don't uh, even eat. When I work a lot of overnights at the hospital, and when I do, I I never eat just be, for the same reason. I know I'm gonna not want to go back to work after my break. Oh, 100%. and uh, the people that I work with are like the exact opposite. I think it's probably because they're uh, full timers that do the overnight Monday to Friday thing. Like, so they I don't know. They're much more used to it, but uh, they'll have you know potlucks and stuff, and I just can't do it. Mm -hmm. For sure. No, I, I still I still don't really eat much before comedy shows. I chew a lot of celery. That's my secret. Some people have seen have seen me eating celery to show. Can I end up within your teeth? That would be the only drawback. I yeah, would say. you can for sure. But uh, it could be funny though. But yeah, anyone else ever get celery stuck in their teeth? <laughs> no, this bit sucks. Yeah. Uh, no, but I the thing I like about celery is that it's like it's like. Uh, chewing gum almost because like you can chew celery forever the yeah. strings never disappear you just end up chewing something that's like gum and it's very watery so it helps me like not also available it. gum <laughs> yeah yeah but gum i don't like as much because like it's it dries you out and stuff and sometimes if i have stage nerves at all it ends up being like dry yeah, throat, phlegmy it, and stuff. it makes me cough sometimes i find I'll, yeah. I'll have gum and then it if you swallow it the wrong way and it goes down your air hole that gum saliva yeah. Uh, it makes me kind of cough a bit, and I, I've found that on more than one occasion. Yeah, so that so I tend to just drink lots of alcohol instead. <laughs> to answer your question, <laughs> to come back around. <laughs> no, I love the celery thing. Definitely, there's oh, a. I recommend it. It's great. It's like gum, but it's better because it's good for you and it's refreshing. And, yeah. Uh, whatever, but and you can swallow it when you go up on stage instead of. Sometimes I'd have gum and I'd like put it in my drink and people are like, what is floating in your drink on stage? Yeah. Gum. <laughs> I, I've had gum before a podcast a couple times and I thankfully have remembered to take it out because I can only imagine how annoying that would be for like a Spotify listener or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, I would try to cheek it, I suppose, but I do like gum. My, my theory about gum, and I don't know if it's true, but I, I imagine it has to be partially true, is uh, as I get older, you know, I'm 36 now, I'm not old, but um, one thing I would like to try to keep is a decent jawline. And I honestly think if you're one of those guys like Dave Grohl, who's always chewing gum, Dave Grohl's got a pretty good jawline still, you know? You uh, think so? Maybe not. I haven't seen him in a while. He's 50-something well, he now. Did, so. I, I, I love Dave Grohl to the end of the earth, uh, but he, I think he has a beard because he really has no chin. Oh, he's trying to hide it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, true. He, like, if you see him young, he didn't have much of a chin. Okay, well, maybe my theory just went out the window, but yeah. I, I still believe that chewing gum frequently must have some effect on your jawline oh, mus yeah, musculature, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I like blowing bubbles because I couldn't do it as a kid, and I learned when I was, like, 20 or something, and then I was like, this is awesome. You couldn't do that as a kid? No, I don't know why. I think it was something I tried enough times and couldn't figure it out that I just became frustrated with it, and then 
it passed a certain age where it became embarrassing that I didn't know how to do it. Like someone who can't whistle or snap their fingers or, um, yeah, but who are these know. gangs of troubled teens that are like, <laughs> blow a bubble or you're out of the gang. What are you talking about? The trident kids. Yeah. Once you, once you pass like 11, I don't think people are judging you. On well, that was, yeah, but sure, sure. Fair enough. It was probably at a younger age than 11 that I was, you know, felt awkward about it. But then I was you just busy to, doing teenager stuff. Like, like, if, if you want to bed my daughter, you have to blow a perfect bubble. Oh no. <laughs> How will I do it? <laughs> well, at what point, though, during high school would I, like, revisit bubble blowing realistically, though? Yeah. Like, you're studying for exams, you're trying to date that girl or whatever. Like, I don't know, it just never really came up. And then for whatever reason, later on in my life, one day, I think I, I just figured it out. So you're saying that there should be a class in high school, like, <laughs> learning stuff like that? Well, it's not very effective to, to, it doesn't really serve much of a purpose to blow a bubble. If anything, yeah. it can blow up in your face. <laughs> yeah. Nice one. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> That's a little cheesy. I like my dad, dad jokes. <laughs> Um, I used to love, and I don't think too many people remember this, but I used to love Hubba Bubba bubblegum soda. It was gum, gum flavored pop. I've never had that and in my life. Yeah, it was only out for a little while. And really? uh, obviously they got rid of it because they were like, everyone was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> is this? No, well, there was a lot of weird drinks like that. There was Orbits. You remember that shit? Yeah, I don't Orbitz know if I ever had. I, I don't like the idea of anything floating <laughs> in my drink. I'm sorry. But it's it's kind of like boba tea, which is huge now. Yeah. Yeah, um, still, I've never had that. And it's nothing like, it's just mentally, I'm like, I don't think I want that. Yeah, you're drinking, because boba, they give you these huge straws. And, and you're just like, wow, I can't wait for some large thing to come up this straw. It, it does feel weird to just yeah. be sipping on something and then this yeah. big nugget. Yeah, you know? I, I prefer my drinks to be not food. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> Liquid only. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, and I don't really care for that. Uh, I think they're made out of tapioca or something, but the consistency of them, it feels like I'm eating like a fish egg or something. Yeah, you know? I like, honestly don't know. I've never had it, so, and I don't intend to. No? Yeah. Orbitz was short-lived, too. It was. I think it was a Pepsi product. You remember those? No? Um, they were like I mean, clear drinks that had little spheres fl floating inside, different colors depending on the flavor. And uh, I don't know if it was carbonated or not. I want to say maybe lightly carbonated. I think it must have been. I, th I always thought it was like clearly Canadian. Remember those? The, like, yeah. The clear pops. Those were good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it had chunks in it or something. Yeah, they were pretty weird. I, I don't know why anyone thought it was a good idea. And the worst by far, like they tasted all right, but the worst was the white one because it was coconut and it was just fucking disgusting. Really? I thought. That's my opinion. I'm not a huge coconut guy, but yeah. I wanted to throw up the time that I tried that. I like coconut mixed with rum because I like boozing. Coconut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coconut with chocolate I, I can do, actually. The, 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 my, my favorite thing about coconut is the uh, how they're like, it's vegan ice cream. It's made from coconut instead of milk. And you're like, okay, what does it taste like? They're like, chocolate. You're like, do you taste coconut? Like, not really. And then you're like, it's coconut ice cream. With, like, a hint of chocolate. Like, you can't escape the flavor of coconut. Yeah, that's an overpowering ever. flavor yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, like, you end up with, like, mm, raspberry um, and 80% coconut flavor. Like, if you didn't like it, <laughs> yeah, you're like, exactly. I guess I won't have it. They have oat ice cream, too, now and all these Do different... Do they really? Yeah, there's an oat one. Um, I'm sure there's probably almond ice cream. There's there is. I just heard about that, yeah. I like... I love oat milk. Oat milk? Yeah. I drink almond milk, actually. Yeah, that's all right, too. But I really, of the alternative milks, oat milk is my favorite. You know what it goes well with? Booze. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, so I should actually follow up on that. I, I did end up uh, not drinking for two and a half weeks. Nice. Um, it was bolstered by the fact that I caught COVID, so drinking became extremely unappealing. But uh, before I caught COVID, I'd say I went about a week 
without drinking. And I was very much on like happy to be in that mindset. It was a really great cleansing experience to just hit the reset button. Because uh, once a few days passed, I just felt like I was thinking in a different sort of perspective. And I felt more like myself than I had in a long time. Yeah. And then subsequently since then, I ha- have had alcohol a few times, but I feel like I've been able to maintain more of a control over frequency and over, you know, dosage. And dosage sounds like weird, but I guess it's accurate. No, sure. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It was a weird thing. But getting into the COVID, though, that was not fun. And I felt like it was a karmic sort of thing. I don't know if karmic, is that a word? Yeah, I think. Karma related? Okay, yeah. So, um, because I essentially felt like I was really hung over for a week. And it just felt like a slap in the face from the universe. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you quit? Oh, it's going pretty good? Yeah, fuck you. You should have just started drinking. Here's your penance. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) dude, I couldn't handle it. I felt like I was going to puke a lot of that week. When was that? In January? Yeah, it was probably second week of January, I want to say. I I was sick for about a week. It was weird. I had, uh, I should say, I was double vaxxed, but I had not gotten the booster shot. Um, I don't think think that would have helped too much. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure because uh, Kelly, my spouse, for people who don't listen to the show often, um, she caught it. And her symptoms developed a little later than mine. But I would say she had less overall severity of symptoms and she d- had gotten her booster. So maybe that's he- neither here nor there. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, the 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 jury's out on that stuff because... It affects everyone differently. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, we had COVID in mid-December. Okay. Which turns out around the time that there was other Ottawa comics who had COVID. Like, yeah, I went around a bit. Yeah, I had a yeah. show in December that not a lot of people came to, and I think it's because a lot of people were sitting out Yeah, uh, the whole scene at that point. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, uh, I'm i pretty sure without, like I've told people this for two years, like I think we had COVID in February 2020, and it in March was when they were like, COVID's here in Canada and in Ottawa and stuff. And I'm like, so... What are the odds that three weeks ago the worst cold I ever had in my life yeah. was COVID? And people are like, well, yeah. I don't know. Did you get tested? I'm like, you know why I didn't? Because the test didn't exist. Like it would have been yeah, nice exactly. to be tested, <laughs> but uh, but that was bad. Like I was really really sick for three four days. And you were fully vaccinated? No no no. This is two years ago. Oh okay okay sorry. I thought you were yeah. talking about December now. No no no. This is two years ago, okay. and that was bad. My wife was really sick. Like she she was coughing all night, couldn't sleep, went to the doctor and the thing like the uh apple thing whatever it's called apple the, tree apple clinic, tree yeah, clinic yeah. and just trying to get like something and they were like we don't know what it is blah Should. blah blah and then uh we got better and then yeah in, in december i was like i was like i think i might be getting co- uh covid or yeah, not omicron, sick yeah. yeah well it was like omicron's coming and it spreads faster than wildfire yeah and and at that point i was like well, let's live our life and see what happens. And it was supposed and, to be less severe in, in yeah, uh, a lot of the sure. symptoms compared to Delta and all that. Yeah, because like I think that's the trajectory most viruses take to evolve is that they spread further uh, with less impact. That being said, people have been impacted oh, yeah. greatly by this. And yeah. I don't it's not it's not something to take lightly lightly, but but mine was the second time, like, yeah, I'm double vaxxed and I've had COVID twice. So, uh, like, I'm... In, well, the first time you were not I'm invincible so at irrelevant, this point. But. Yeah. Uh, that's why I just keep trying to drink so much to see if my if I'm like uh, Bruce Willis in Unbreakable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> How far can you take it? Yeah. Um, no, but this one was like, I felt unwell. And then one day I was like wiped out. Like, I couldn't yeah. move. I was like, oh, I just want to lie here and do nothing. And the next day I felt pretty good. Yeah, that, my experience was somewhat similar. I felt like 
very fucked up all of a sudden and it was like full body chills and the first like 24 hours i would say i mm -hmm. was like oh i'm sick you know when you're sick like you know that feeling yeah whether it's your throat or your sinuses or whatever but you can sometimes just tell when you've got that flu-like vibe and uh you know i wasn't sure it was covid but i was pretty positive because just there had been a lot of that going around like well, you were saying Yeah, what are the odds like yeah exactly and the first 24 hours sucked balls it was like really brutal and then uh, you know, six days after that, seven days after that, I was good. And the rest of that week was more like, just felt like a hangover. Mm -hmm. I was kind of nauseous. I was extremely lethargic. Like I, I had no will to do anything. Yeah. I remember when I got it after the first day of feeling like garbage, I was like, oh, this, you know, I'm much better than yesterday. This is uh, not cool, but I was like, well, you know, I can't work. And if Kelly has it too, she's going to be home. It's kind of like a little you're forced to stay home and maybe do a lot of things you've been putting on the shelf. I'm like, oh, I'm going to paint some miniatures. I'm going to do all this stuff that I've been putting off. And every day I just didn't have the energy. Oh, for sure. I, between walking the dogs and taking care of a toddler who he was with us, you know, we assumed he had it too. Uh, it was just by lunch every day I needed a nap. And sometimes those naps were like two, three hours. Yeah. And then, you know, you make it till just after dinner and then I'd be out again. So that was the worst part was just feeling like, yeah bored as fuck after a while and it's just dragging on so much definitely yeah it, it like it doesn't allow you to do anything like if you in the olden days if you had a cold most people would just go to work and which i always hated i've always hated those people They're like well who's gonna do whatever i do and you're like i don't know nobody and it'll be fine like your job's not that important that you can't take a day off exactly work to yeah. stay home and not make everyone else sick not like an admiral or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> even them i'm sure <laughs> yeah i'm sure a vice admiral would can be like i can up. i can pinch hit today yeah but um yeah no for sure the first time i had it in february 2020 i went to like our back bedroom guest room and i think i slept for like four days and I came out to drink like water and to be like, are you guys okay? And then I slept so much that when I was done being sick, my wife was like, you actually look better than you did before. Because I didn't have black circles under yeah, my eyes. Yeah, you finally tired. got some yeah. much needed rest. Because yeah. and... I've been I've been up with my son at like 5.30 every morning for like three years at the time. And I was just like, I don't think I'm getting enough sleep. And Damn. especially doing comedy, because sometimes you get home at – one in the morning yeah, and you damn. get up at 5 30 i'm like this is not sustainable wi-fi that sounds like newborn shit though well when he was when he was going through it was just a cycle at some point like he's he's really good at like seven o'clock now mm. but like when he yeah, was that's like our kid wakes up at seven now when he was dog. three or something yeah there'd be like a couple months where he'd get up super early yeah and and even if he's like okay well maybe i'll go back to bed and like well I'm not. I'm awake now. You woke me up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm like that too. If I get woken up, it's I can't just. Some people have that gift that they can just turn over and be fucking snoring again. But yeah, not me. No, not at all. I was. I should say uh, the worst part actually of, of COVID for me was that I didn't see my oldest two kids for like three weeks. Yeah. Because they were set to come home the very next day after my symptoms developed, and their mom, rightfully so, wanted to keep them until we were symptom free. And then because Kelly's symptoms didn't start until a few days later, there was that. Uh, lag overlap or whatever so yeah by the end of it it was three weeks and now we've had them for almost three weeks and i'm happy for them to go back to their mom no, <laughs> wait till you have a teenager then you can yeah. all haul me yeah. <laughs> you'll <laughs> uh, yeah. no, you'll get sure. it no uh, no um they're they're great and it's just uh you know every every year the kids get older you definitely have new challenges and the teenage years have been uh already he just turned 13 at the end of fucking december last uh at the end of last year and uh, it's already been, you know, the hormones are 
flying. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, dude. It's I, I'm kind of wondering because my son's five and a half, and he's he's still got like the tons of attitude where he's like, I want to be my own person and stuff. And I'm like, is this gonna like cool off between like seven and eleven? Or something, and then and he'll be like, "Yeah, I like hanging out with my dad." Instead of being like, "I don't want to do that. I don't. I want to play, play Pokemon only." And Maybe like, it's just okay. a Spitfire, rebellious yeah. kid, you know. Hopefully, yeah. Doesn't take uh, doesn't take crap from the man. You know? I was gonna say wanting to be his own person, like those are good goals, you know. But you mean like undermining your authority, kind of shit? Yeah, definitely. Like he's he's definitely in a phase where I'm like, uh, "Let's go," and he's like, "No, I want to stay." And I'm like, "Okay." Uh, let's stay then. He's like, no, I want to go. Like, it's always no for whatever. I'm like, okay, get in the bath. No, I don't want to have a bath. Okay, time to get out. No, I want to stay in the bath. You're yeah, like, yeah. You're like, you can't do this for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that's part for the course of that age, though, to yeah, be honest. I have a four sure. and a half year old, and it's a lot of that stuff, too. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, the weirdest part, though, about the teenage stuff is having to, like, remember that not that long ago, I was probably the exact same way. But then, and then also... On top oh, of that. yeah. Well, yeah, I was going to say, on top of that, also being able to now align myself with the shit that my dad must have been feeling when I was putting him through the ringer, you know? Like, it's just interesting to be at, have been at both ends of that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, 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 I'm sure going to be even worse as they go on. Not like, nah, it's bad, bad, but, you know, teenagers, yeah, it's a weird time. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, yeah, it's hard to remember what it was like as a teenager, but you're like your brain is hijacked by hormones, basically. Well, yeah, and I, I try to compare in my thinking that like, okay, if my 13 year old is giving me a bit of attitude, like when I was 13, I was starting to smoke cigarettes, like I was doing way worse shit. So yeah, if he's given a bit of attitude, <coughs> comparatively, it's not so bad. Yeah, definitely. <coughs> Excuse me, Jesus. Um, yeah, so COVID, uh, it was what it was. It was an experience. It sucked, but... Honestly, dude, at this point, like, with Omicron, because, like, the, the writing was on the wall with Omicron. They're, they're like, by the way, everyone's going to get it. Like, they didn't say that, but they're like, uh, it seems to evade uh, everything, So yeah. and it spreads insane. So I was like, okay, well, we're going to get it. And, I mean, and we got it without knowing. Like, it wasn't like someone was like, Hello, I was at your house and you now yeah. you have COVID. Like I was just like, oh shit, I'm sick again and it's gonna be COVID. Yeah. And now two months out from that, I'm like, you guys didn't get COVID Omicron yeah, yet. Yeah, you feel like, a little oh, bit fuck. like, like uh, you know, reassured. You're like, oh, I've got all these extra antibodies and like I felt that way the entire the entire pandemic because I was like, I already had this. And like, and here's the thing. I mean, everything is so divided right now. Yeah. And it's like where is the support group for people who are like, I believe the vaccines work, but I also believe in natural immunity. Like, yeah. Like they both exist, but they're, they're now polar opposites where it's like, you have to, you basically have to worship vaccines or, yeah, or exactly. This. And it's like, they're both, they're both like, things. I'm willing to wear a mask still, even though you're hearing conflicting reports about if the material ones even serve any purpose. I yeah. understand that frustration. I'm willing to wear one because to me, it's not that big of a fucking deal like that. That's my main reason. So I, I will not wear one forever. But when I no. see people like up in arms about the mask, I'm like, really, that's the hill you're going to die on is having to wear a mask when you're buying groceries. Like, I, I honestly, like like you were saying, pre pandemic, you, you could catch a bunch of shit at the grocery store anyways. Like it's a not, crowded place with gross ass people. Not even during the pandemic, because if you remember the first couple weeks, at least, it, the mandates were like stay six feet away from people. Yeah, and you didn't have to wear a mask. And I'd forgotten that, but I have a joke about 
uh, going to the beer store and one time not wearing a mask and then wearing a mask. And it's like a joke that I do about how my face looks. And, uh, and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. They, we didn't have to wear masks no. for the little, the first while. And you were just like, keep away from people. So if they sneeze on you, you can run away quick enough. And, and then, <laughs> and then the mask came in and yeah, but the masks initially like, you know what? They do work. You know how they work? Because if someone has a mask on and they sneeze into it, yeah. it's going to catch at least some of the sneeze and not spread that everywhere. Yeah. So even if it's just helping like a 5% chance, like, like you also can sneeze, in, sneeze into your hand, you know, that yeah. works better. But than then just, you're going to touch a doorknob or something, you know? Sure. But yeah. th- in the moment that works better than just being like, Hey, Oliver, yeah, and I just, I just hit you right in the face with it. Like, that's not <laughs> good. But, uh, I think the mask represents a social contract yeah. that's like, I'm not a threat and I'm not crazy. I'm coming into your store to try to buy something. Yeah. And so when you see someone without a mask, you go, hey, man, we don't we don't know if we can trust you. And this is before what's happening now. It's like, we don't know if we can trust you because you're not willing to be part of the social contract that says, hey, I respect your, um, your medical autonomy as well. Yeah. And people are like, well, I don't believe in that. And you're like, well, then maybe you shouldn't be in here right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, the it's, thing like you don't own this store if that's how they're abiding, because that's how most of people are abiding. And it's not something that's like detrimental to you. Like wearing a mask is not going to fucking hurt you unless you, some offshoot chance that you have some severe asthma or whatever. I'm sure there are cases of people who actually could have some negative repercussions from wearing a mask, but they are few and far between, you know, like it's not the norm by any means. And most people, are not going to have anything bad happen to them if they wear a mask. But it's much more about the ego and about uh, the mask representing, like being like a muzzle, so to speak, for lack of a better term. You know, yeah. it's, it's like, this is the government telling me what to do and all this shit. And like, I don't know. I just don't fully see it that way. I think I, it's in the middle somewhere. But Yeah, I think there's, I was thinking about this. I think there's some aspect to the mask that robs people of their innate ability to like, judge people not judge people but like know someone by seeing like even right now i'm looking at you and i can't see your mouth because the microphone right yeah and so i'm getting less of a picture of your entire face true than i'm used to yeah and and humans like can i I sidebar i've actually thought the same thing when i'm interviewing people sometimes and i always notice uh people with really nice eyes just wanted to say that thank you (laughs) i didn't say you had nice eyes Uh, you implied it (laughs) (laughs) all right all right sorry sorry to cut you off um yeah but it's like uh like it's hard to handle. It's like it's hard to handle not seeing someone's expressions because mm. humans, you can you can like draw two dots in a line on a wall and people go, hey, there's a face. Yeah, like we're we're programmed from I don't know millions of years ago to to recognize faces. And in, in if you're anything. drunk at parties, it's definitely penises on people's back and sure with a sharpie. Yeah, well, that's an easy one to recognize. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. a very universal as, symbol as especially well, especially with balls. If yeah. you if you don't do the balls, then you're or just some like, some sort of liquid shooting out as well. Yeah. Also, that's like, the third. What is this? A long C? What's this long yeah, C exactly. all about? You need balls, or it could be a cigar. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but I I mean I think people are struggling with that aspect because you can you can accept this stuff and be like okay i do what i do i wear a mask to go in somewhere it's not my favorite thing and as soon as mask wearing is dropped like if if you think people are just going to keep wearing them you're crazy like they're like people like i don't like wearing a mask no one really does yeah exactly there are people now that are so 
so like affected by the pandemic that they probably will maintain because like like think of how many people are coming out of this thing with no personality. Yeah. Like for the past two years, they've been so violently anti-pandemic uh, measures or so violently pro-pandemic measures that tomorrow, if someone was was like, "Hey, we are dropping the mandates for for whatever reasons are happening," they don't know what to do with themselves. Now. Yeah, they'd be yeah. like, "Well, what am I going to fret about now?" Yeah, They're like I don't know, Bitcoin. Like, get something else. Yeah, it's who, something to rally else? behind. Yeah. It's something to just kind of motivate people to get out and do anything because you can things get stagnant during a pandemic you know it's i don't want to call it a pandemic pandemics are boring in their nature if, if you're doing what you should probably be doing especially at the beginning which is locking down and all that crap yeah uh yeah it's i mean and, cabin fevers yeah for sure of course like like do you remember how many people got divorced in like the first two months of the yep. pandemic like that's crazy that's like how many people were like makes sense though but in the first two months like how fucking like pre like precarious was your relationship that having to spend time with someone for like a week was like all right i'm out of here <laughs> yeah i suppose two months is kind of i think maybe the point where people started to realize that this is going to keep going for a really long time and yeah. that might have been the shit or get off the pot moment for a lot of people we're yeah like, all right this has already been going bad it's only been two months and now we're signing up to be together forever fuck this you know yeah yeah no, the whole thing's been been really crazy like it's it's hard not to it's funny we we're talking about like do you do jokes about the pandemic or not? Mm. And you're like, you kind of don't want to, but at the same time, it's like, but what the fuck else has been happening? <laughs> exactly. For two years? That's the world right now. Yeah. yeah. It's it's almost weird to be like, you know what was crazy when I was growing up? All was this stuff. And people are like, what are you talking about? Like, let's deal with real life. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to be so like, first of all, it's psychopathic to to ask people who have been living through the same two years of like stress and confusion to then get up on stage and be like, entertain us, make me, make us laugh. You're like, I'm not, I'm not always feeling like laughing. Like, yeah. Things are fucked up. Um, but then to, to also have to read the room and be like, Oh, these guys don't really want to hear this. Like I found earlier in the pandemic, it was like the host of a show could get up. This is when things are open. The host of a show could get up and be like, Hey, what a crazy thing. Right. Plexiglass. And, yeah, and yeah. everyone goes, ha, ha, ha. And then the first comic up could have like a, a couple of pandemic jokes. And then people are like, yeah, this person also acknowledges that pandemic's yeah. happening. The the third person could do like one and be like, have their thing wherever they're like their plexiglass thing. Like, oh, I'm it, ha it has to peter it. off though, yeah. Yeah, and then after that, not they don't want it. Like by the time like the feature act or whatever comes on, they want none of it. Well, because any performance is escapism for most people. I mean, like comedy is unique in the way that it is very topical sometimes. But I would think with something as big as a pandemic and people feeling the way they are, it's just like I don't I bet there wasn't a lot of stand up comics. Well, in general, during World War Two, but I don't think many of them would have been doing like Hiroshima jokes or some shit, you know, like they would. Though. They were there. Oh, were they, there? Yeah. Like, I mean, there's there's always the U.S. Uh, Army and British Army, whatever they would send. USO tour and all yeah, that they shit. Would send, yeah, but they would send troops over. Like I, I was the thought that stand up sort of started in like the fifties with um. Oh my god, as if I'm blanking on his name now, Lenny Bruce. Like he was one of the because before that people didn't really stand for someone being super blue, uh, like in at least not on mainstream media. No, yeah, I mean you're. St I really couldn't tell you the history and stuff. No, yeah, I don't want to try and pretend I know all the stand up comedy history. It, it goes back a lot further than that, and it would it stand up would be the equivalent of like being on stage with like, uh, 
like strippers and like, like yeah, it was exactly. like, more body. like a burlesque show or something. Yeah, burlesque yeah. and like that kind of entertainment. So you were like, even up until the like Yuck Yucks opened clubs in Canada, I think which was the seventies. The, the yeah, it's um, crazy. The like the places you could see stand-ups were still at strip clubs, like the Fillmore and or a casino or something. Probably. Maybe sure, yeah. I don't know. Like it, it's it's it started as a very like kind of like underground low low brow kind of thing, but they had lots of stuff. Like they would entertain the troops overseas with like uh, sketch troops and stuff like that. So I just didn't know how far back that stuff went. I know like Bob Hope was the big guy, but when would that have been? Was that World War Two or was that more like Vietnam and shit? Yeah, that's what I thought. Or the Korean War was like the fifties, right? But yeah. I don't know. My dad might know a little more about this, Bob Hope and You're old as shit. What happened back then? <laughs> <laughs> well, he he was definitely Vietnam. I'd be pretty sure that he'd be uh Korean as Korean. well, just just yeah. by his age, you know. I mean and Bing Crosby and those guys, they were making pro uh, you know, uh not pro war, but they're making movies about the war. Mm. Very like forty six, forty seven, a few during the war. I mean, mm. and and there were lots of Kaiser jokes and you know things like that. I mean, you can bet. I'd like to know though. I'm going to look this up now and get a little more information on like the real roots of stand up because I know you can go back to like the 1800s and be like, oh, it sort of came from vaudeville and you know like. But I mean, real stand up, one guy, microphone, like more in line with what we would consider stand up or classic. Yeah. You know, stereotypical stand up, whatever you want to call it. I mean, that probably starts like what we consider stand up probably starts more in like the, the 60s or something. Yeah, I, I guess so. The same time that the music started to get a little more revolutionary and out there and the drug movements and all that. That's sort of when I'm thinking that it got pumping and really, you know, yeah. step into the next level. Yeah. Um, you were talking about this is a bit of a, a tangent, but you were talking about seeing each other's mouths and uh, something I forgot to write on here. Uh, and I'll ask you as well if you've taken up any hobbies during the pandemic, but I just started learning uh, American Sign Language. Like, I think it's only been a few weeks, but I learned like a couple hundred words. I learned the alphabet and uh, really been trying to immerse myself in that for no other reason than I've always thought it was really cool. Uh, and then I started doing them with my little son who's four and a half and he really has taken to it too. So, um, but I did realize that, you know, the lip reading is super important because we had a, a deaf person come and, and do a placement at our work. And they had special masks that had like the plexiglass mm -hmm. so you could see the lips and all that. So yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah. But have you um, taken on any hobbies during the pandemic period? Something that you legitimately had never tried before that you're into now? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I don't think so. I'd have to... You should give me a heads up. I Sorry. Gone through my uh, I hate when people ask me, like, what are you going to ask me? Fuck that. <laughs> it's got to be raw. No, uh, I don't think so, really. I've, uh, I've spent a lot of my time just living my day-to-day -day life, and it's funny how much free time I don't have because I'm like, yeah, I have nothing to do today. And then something happens and I have to do it. And then that's it. And then my son's home. And then I, I can't go like, I'm going to go paint. I would love to paint. It's like, I would like give painting up, like big paintings or yeah. Like, okay. like, like Bob Ross style painting, just like painting all day. I would love to do that. I'm terrible at it, but I would give up my other artistic uh, endeavors you could watch Bob Ross videos and, and learn from him. He I don't teaches. want to do that. No. But I, like, <laughs> you just I wish you could to. just... Yeah. That's like me. Like, I wish I knew how to skateboard like a boss. Yeah, for just sure. Just like maybe playing Tony Hawk and stuff growing up. I just always thought watching skate videos, like, 
you must feel like a G when you do that shit and you grind a rail. I mean, not when you crunch your nuts or whatever, but some of the guys like Tony Hawk are like, I don't think he fucks up too often anymore. You know what I mean? Like the real pros, like unless they're trying something new or whatever, but everything else is basic boo-boo for them if they're staying consistent. Yeah, definitely. But I always um, thought it was so badass, you know? Yeah, my brother, my older brother was a skater. He was great. He was a really good skateboarder. He still busted out once in a while, but uh, I, I couldn't do it. I was terrible at it. Like board sports. I and, couldn't ollie. That was the Yeah, name. neither can I. Like, I actually can skateboard well. That's your name. Yeah, I know. Do <laughs> I, uh, I can skateboard well in, in regard to staying on the board and getting from point A to point B. Like, I have had many skateboards over the years. Staying on the board is one of the most important parts. Yeah, it's <laughs> fundamental, some would say. Um, no, I, uh, I have a longboard now, too, and I use that all the time in the summer. Like, if I don't want to drive for whatever reason, maybe gas is expensive or I'm drinking or whatever, but uh, or it's just fucking gorgeous out. You know, it's really, yeah. really nice on a summer night to just go in, like, suburban streets where there's not a lot of actual traffic. The odd car might be pulling out of their driveway or something, but... Uh, I had a great time doing that for hours last summer and getting tons of exercise in the process. But I can skate like that. I can carve out, yeah, sure. you know, and I can reach down and grab the board and do stupid shit like that. But if you can't ollie, you can't do a lot of tricks. No. <laughs> it's very, very... Uh, Almost none of them, actually. Pretty much, yeah. Well, no, you could um, do like a manual or something where you're on two wheels. Uh, sure, yeah. There's a couple moves I mean, you can yeah, do. Yeah, and like, you can do like a shove it or something. like. Yeah, but the majority of tricks are rooted in first popping your board up and then doing something. So I don't think I'll ever be able to. And you watch enough videos too and you wonder like, am I going to get super hurt doing this? If you don't, if I don't have the natural talent just there brimming off of me, yeah. then I'm probably going to get hurt more than the guy who does. And I don't know if I was you know, wanting to commit to that. Oh my God, age, dude, age factor, it's like, Oh, now? God, no. Like, your son, you said he's 13. Like, you should give him a skateboard and go, here, go. If you, worst thing that happens is you break your ankle, and for six weeks, you can't skateboard. Yeah. You do that when you're in your 30s. You'll break your back. You you're, <laughs> you lose your job because you can't go to work. It's, it's so like, true. It's crazy. I used to play uh, – I played a year of men's league soccer, and uh, when I was in my late 20s, early 30s, I don't know, and – I saw some injuries happen and stuff and, and or like people like slide tackling and stuff. You're like, what the hell are you doing? Like these guys have to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Right? You see a guy taking off on a stretcher with like a broken leg. You're like, this is fucking wreck soccer. Yeah. Dude. This is like, like uh, this is an excuse for to, fun. It's an excuse to go out to the bar after soccer and have a beer and nachos. And this guy's leg is broken. Like if someone was running at me, I'd be like, go ahead. <laughs> That's very much how I felt in gym class growing up when people were so like, acting like they were at the Olympics. And I'm like, dude, we have math after this. Like, it's yeah. not what you're making it out to be. Yeah. And, and a lot of those people were, were pretty mean to shitty guys like me who were not athletically inclined. So yeah. I found, uh, yeah, a lot of sports to be very off-putting. Yeah, I mean, it's that drive. If you don't have that drive for that. Well, it's it also seems... the, uh, the machismo nature of things. I don't know. I, hopefully it's evolved since I was in high school or whatever. I, I see a lot of people seem to be more progressive in general than compared to the 90s, you know? Yeah. Like, you wouldn't be like, oh, you're so gay. Like, people used to say that stuff all the time. But a lot of things have changed. So I'm hoping that uh, it, the locker rooms aren't, like, you know, douchey like they used to be. But somehow I doubt that they've sure, weeded them all out. Yeah, I'm sure they're they're not perfect. Because, like, to almost to be, like, the higher echelon of sports you go, the more driven you have to be and like solely driven for, and a lot of for people, anything really a lot of people are able to reach that drive through aggression unfortunately too i think well yeah obviously it helps because like sports are what are what is a sport other than like 
I'm my team's forcing a goal on your team. It depends for, on the except sport. Except for baseball. Baseball's fucked. Well, any non-contact sport is hugely different from, you know, but, football or something. But there's still slamming. contact sports. Like, like basketball is one of the most, like, I'm an alpha, you're a beta dominant things, and it's technically a non-contact sport. But, like, y- y- if you see someone... If you're not counting fouls, yeah. Y- well, but no, I, no, I was no, talking, but, like, tennis, where you physically can't touch the other person, really, you know? like Right, yeah. Well, that's true. Um, that's not as violent of a sport. Obviously. You could try and fucking bean the other person, I suppose. Yeah, you could. But like but they know they know you still have to be incredibly aggressive to be good at tennis. Like you have to get up and every day and hit the fucking tennis yeah. ball for fourteen hours With a those day. Those fucking shorts on. Yeah. <laughs> With your big huge man <laughs> dong hanging out because you're such a man. <laughs> no, but it's like like it, it, to be driven to do anything. Like I would argue the same thing with like doctors. Like I was thinking about this mm. the other day. It's like I saw a tweet from some doctor. It's like oh, I had to put off my um, adulthood for like ten years, and I'm grossly in debt, and I did this to like help people. And I was like, that's bold. That's that's very. Um, I'm very happy for you, and like thank you yeah, for that. It's noble, but it's like. Yeah, it's noble for sure. But I was also like, man, I could not do that. My mindset, I would never be able to have the drive to go to a hospital and spend a 14-hour shift. Like, yeah. You do that kind of oh. sleep sleep for an hour in the closet. I work overnight, you know? but uh, I'm not doing 12s or anything like that. Yeah. My shifts are like six or eight hours, you know. But that drive, like I Kelly does shit like that, though. Yeah, for sure. And it is noble, but at a certain point, like, like you're like, oh, no one ever asked you to be noble. They're driven to do it. They're like, I want. Well, and they get paid a fuck ton. Let's not forget that yeah, aspect. Sure. That like, if you're a fucking cardiac surgeon or something, you are sitting pretty as far as house and car and all that other stuff. Right, but you can also make lots of money just being a financial advisor. True. Yeah. There's other yeah ways you could go about it. And you train that for like, I don't know, a, a year doing that instead of yeah. ten years of your life and you're in debt and all that stuff. Like, well, I just don't think I could actually do. If we're talking about doctors, like specifically surgeons, I can't even imagine. Like, oh, you're gonna cut this kid open and like take his whatever out, you know? Or like, how do you not like faint in that moment? I guess they practice and practice, but. Don't you need to practice on real people before it's really real? I feel like they weed out the surgeons that faint every time they cut someone open. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, okay. But I'm not saying fainting because you're cutting someone. You failed the test, unfortunately. You kept fainting. (laughs) Okay, fair. Yeah, I don't mean someone who faints like if anyone cuts someone open, but like you're the one cutting someone open. And especially if it's high stakes and it's like this surgery is like going to dictate whether this person lives or dies. Like that's what I'm talking about. 100%. But I mean, those people... At that point, you're working on a prop, a puzzle. Yeah, it's not a person. Like I, I doubt. How, how do you remove yourself from that? that? That's the. They must be in a flow state or something, you know. Because you're looking at it like mechanics, I guess. Like you're, it's like opening up a car engine. Just and, and you're like, which which piece is missing and what's out of out of uh, whack and stuff. Yeah, and I don't mean to sound mean against doctors, but that aspect of it to me feels very inhuman and very like kind of cold to just be able to like look at someone as like the parts that they consist of and take away all the I mean obviously it's necessary so that yeah. you're not but you have to I think you freaking have to out like but that. yeah anyways um I was going to say one thing uh before I moved on from the COVID thing I wanted to know I think I talked to my dad about this but I did watch a movie that I had always heard of and never seen and uh I really don't watch a lot of movies and TV anymore these days. I find I just don't have time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched Falling Down. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah, ages ago. Michael yeah. Douglas. Yeah. You what forgot f- my, <laughs> my briefcase. 
<laughs> You've seen it too, Dad? Yeah, we talked about this. Uh, I just thought it was a pretty rad movie. Mm-hmm. And it's the dude who made those shitty Batman movies. It's uh, Joel Schumacher. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, which I found surprising. If I'm not, I hope I'm not getting that wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure that's what I saw in the opening credits when he's in his car and stuck in the in the traffic jam. Yeah, but that that movie has has been like popular since it came out. Yeah, like, when it came out, people were like, "Oh my god!" Like people thought it was cool back then. Well, yeah, it, yeah, it, for it sure. It's always had the, an audience. No. It's, it's more of a cult movie because it was small, but yeah. people back then were like, oh, shit, this is crazy. This guy has had enough. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I was like seven when it came out, so I wouldn't have seen it back then. Yeah, I would have been in my like early teens or whatever. So uh, yeah, you're like five years older than me or something, right? I'm, I was born in 79. Oh, you're six years older than me, but so yeah. you're 42 yeah. or almost? You don't look 42 at all, man. Thank you. You dye your hair? Or first my eyes that? and now this. <laughs> I think that's so funny. The first time you came on, I'm pretty sure you you made jokes about me like buttering you up or something too. So I guess it's a through line that's there. What, that's why I'm here. You're irresistible, Tavis. I don't yeah, know what to say. Thank you. Yeah. No, I do not dye my hair. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, maybe that's too personal. It looks very natural. That's why I felt safe thank asking you. that. Yeah. That chestnut you've got it's, going on. It's it's definitely going away here, which was like a long, <laughs> slow process. I remember like eight years ago, I was in the shower. I'm like, where are all these like hairs this long coming from mm-hmm. because my wife has long hair and women's hair falls out all the time like yeah. they have so much hair that it comes out and i was like huh maybe she has short hairs that fall out and then six years later i look in a mirror like this and i can see my widow's peak i'm like oh fuck what happened to my hair yeah at so least well know. you don't have the spot at the back though eh? no no no, no. I, my family I that's my worse. family tends to go widow's peak mm. which I, in my in my estimation is the if you got to lose your hair that's the best way to do it yeah because but, especially when you get into an older decades of your life having any hair is good and if it's hair you can part and comb over a little bit like yeah, yeah you, you can rock that look <laughs> dude i was at the uh i was at the dentist a couple of uh weeks ago and i had this new dental hygienist who was an older lady usually they're in their people in their 20s 30s yeah she was older maybe in her 40s into 50s she was really nice but she um she was like you got to floss and stuff for, and I'm turning this into a joke right now about like, cause you know, when you go to the dentist and they're like, Oh, it's uh, your, gl- your gums are bleeding an awful lot. I'm like, well, it's funny. It doesn't happen when I'm at home and not poking them with like a metal stick. <laughs> like, <laughs> I wonder if it's the jabbing into my gums yeah. that's making them bleeding. <laughs> the but, scraping. Uh, but, uh, and then she's like, she's like, yeah, you got to take care of your teeth. Cause if you didn't, if you don't, if you don't take care of your teeth, like 40 years from now, like they, you won't have them anymore. I'm doing the math. I'm like. Well, I'll be in my 80s. I don't really care. <laughs> like, I expect to have dentures in my 80s at this point. <laughs> like, yeah. And, but then she also was like, she's like, the thing about d- teeth is they're made of like, uh, they're, they're made of th- these things like minerals and stuff. So it has to do with like what you what you eat and stuff. And um, but also, I mean, it has to do with what your mom ate because when you were inside your mom, that's like where your teeth were kind of made and oh. stuff. And I'm like, um, okay. I'm like. I know what teeth are. <laughs> I have teeth. I, like, uh, I, I didn't. I didn't come here for like an explanation. Like, oh, is that right? Teeth. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. For I that. guess I've been using them right like, all these years. The more you know. Oh, great. Yeah, oh my cool. god, that's so funny. Oh man, yeah. I uh, I do not enjoy the dentist. I, I have pretty de- decent teeth too. But what you're talking about the scraping and the poking and all that, man. And and I guess that means they're being thorough and you have a good dentist. But I hate that shit. Yeah. I don't mind it. I've never minded the dentist, and I feel, I feel bad for the dentist because they, no one likes them. Like imagine going like, 
imagine going into a job where you know that most people w- won't like you. Like, yeah. a, like it's like being like the medical version of uh, like a bylaw officer who gives tickets. Like is it, th- that kind those, of yeah. Their it, job is not fun. It's necessary, but no one really thinks you're cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they hate you. Like you gave them a ticket, and they're like, "Oh, come on, let it slide this time." And they go, "I can't. I already printed it out." And they go, "Fuck you." you I don't know. Person. I liked my dentist. I had the same dentist uh, until a few years ago. He passed away recently. And my dad, he was your dentist too, right? And uh, he was a really nice guy. I don't know. I had a lot of good conversations with him when my mouth was not full of fingers or tools. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, they're, they're not bad people, but they go in, they've go they gone into a, a position where the majority of their clients go there against their will. They're like, I don't want to go to the dentist. No one's happy to go to the dentist. Like, and that fact, I wonder how many people ask them, uh, have you heard that, uh, or is it true that dentists have the highest suicide rate? I always hear that. I don't know yeah. if that's true or not, but they yeah. must hear that shit a lot. Uh, well, uh, yeah. I mean, what, <laughs> who else has high suicide rates in like in the medical profession? Like, if you're if you're so driven to save people, it doesn't seem like you'd also be like willing to kill yourself very easily. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder which though, like other professions have high suicide rates. Cops, bylaw, cops. Why they see something so fucked up? And I, I think being a police officer is a very difficult job. And yeah, I don't think anyone would argue that. They see a lot of hard things. They experience a lot of hard things, and I think it causes like a lot of male guys withdraw with those. They don't talk about it enough and stuff. And yeah, I think it's pretty high rate with police officers. I would imagine any like first responder. There's the the chance that they see some really shocking oh, stuff yeah. that just fucks them up forever. Yeah. I used to work with this girl at my current job. Where we, I work in sterilization and uh, sterilization. I, yeah, I, I'm a sterilization technician. I guess you would. Uh, so you just bring people in and sterilize them? No, no, the instruments. <laughs> Don't get too close. No, no, no. it's a surgical <laughs> instrument. Is that what stuff. this is? Is this a my sterility intervention? <laughs> Grab his balls, <laughs> throw him in the chamber. Yeah, no. Um, no, I work uh, in sterilization for surgical equipment and all that. And uh, I worked with a lady who was, I don't know, almost retirement age, I want to say. She was in her late 50s or something. Really nice woman. And she, we got to talking one time. She told me all about how her previous job was her husband and her were like the cleanup people at like crime scenes. And you yeah. know, apparently you don't have to be a cop or anything. You just have to get the right certification and all that. So she told me like all the most fucked up human decomposition stories she had and it was pretty disturbing shit she told me about slippage when like uh they would grab somebody who had been there so long that their skin would like kind of slide off their arms and shit really fucked up stuff some guy who tied himself to a tree and burned himself to death and like uh she said another one where this lady had been like or somebody i don't know if it was a woman or man but the victim was uh in, for three months or something so like when the smell obviously but they said they couldn't even see the person because there were so many flies on him like it was just black like um so i don't know why i'm going well, down do such a dark avenue it, here maybe but maybe it was a swarm from the marvel comics the, the oh yeah made of bees he was, I was, I was, like, he was a, a nazi weird, yeah was he really <laughs> he was a fucking nazi that character um nice i know you you know your comics yeah we got to yeah. get into that but um no oh. that yeah dude that must be crazy because and and the, the the nutty thing is like I've I've come close to that recently. Like I was helping someone um, empty an apartment of someone who had tr- uh, unfortunately died, mm. and not not died in a gruesome way or anything. Like just it, it was away. it was just like emptying an apartment. Um, sure. uh, a friend of the auto comedy community actually. And um, oh yeah. I and and I halfway through I was thinking like this must be an industry. There must be 
because like I've been doing decluttering services in the Ottawa area and home organization. So get in touch if you need some help. I, uh, um, yeah, it can get messy in here. But uh, no, if uh, if anyone viewing uh, needs... Uh, oh, you're just talking to the camera. I thought yeah. you were pointing at my room being yeah. like, oh, this shelf's a little messy. Yeah. What's that up there? No, but uh, but yeah, the, it, I never thought about it before, but there must be... There are jobs like that. I remember seeing a movie about that, like these two women who uh, were... A, like death cleanup crew mm. and it was a dark comedy uh it was maybe like 12 15 years ago um and it, you're like oh my god i didn't know that existed and they had the stuff people have to see like if you're a first responder cutting people out of car car wrecks with the jaws of life especially kids for whatever oh, reason Christ. i feel yeah, like that course, would just be anything and yeah it's nuts like uh, like yeah but let's be honest and this is maybe a dark way to take this but if you were in one of those situations and there's somebody who's like really old like senior citizen age, and you're helping them out of a wreck, there's no way that's going to be as bad as trying to help of like course. a kid out of a wreck. Because the person's closer to dying naturally, and well, that's going to factor yeah, into your brain. Like, I, I honestly think the older they get, you'd be happy about it. You're like, yes, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be crappy no matter what, obviously. Um well, the the thing I thought was weirdest about that lady was that she was like the cheeriest uppity person who like when she told me, I thought she was joking for the longest time because I was like, well, there's no way you did that. And you're this person who's like a little care bear. Like, you know, mm -hmm. she was so upbeat and positive all the time. And then I'm thinking you've seen all this harrowing shit and it hasn't. Maybe it has the opposite effect if you do it long term. Maybe when you see enough death, it'll well, be the same as the surgeon. You're like you're yeah. just treating it like like yeah, this it's clinical or this something. isn't a person anymore. This is a, a body that we got to clean up because we've been hired to clean up this place. Yeah, but I'm taking it a step further. Like maybe that inherently and that acceptance of that helps you with death in general. And then all of a sudden, they do say most people that uh, you know accept death in a larger way end up realizing how to live their life that they still have bet more efficiently or more fully and being more in the in the moment and present and all that yeah, because sure. they're not spending so much energy stressing about death. Well, yeah, I mean, th that girl probably walked in and she's like, you know what I'm going to do with my life? Not be covered in flies all the time. <laughs> <laughs> keep my skin on. That's how I dream. <laughs> I'm going to keep the skin on the outside. That's the best thing I can do. Um, shit, man. If I can pivot here, actually, because you were talking about receding hairlines and all that, um, I, again, we're, we're going through the things as to why I haven't posted an episode in a while. So we've got dealing with drinking too much, COVID. Uh, I actually had some technical computer problems, too. That's not a really exciting thing to talk about, but I had to get a new monitor for whatever that's worth uh, and do a bit of research. But then I got plantar fasciitis, which I don't know. Do you know what that is? Yeah fucking sucks and i'm still pretty in the throes of it on, right on now. on one foot or yeah one foot is uh it, it honestly started with like my long-winded question by the way if you want to pre-think is is um getting old woes like things that you find you're suffering from that you never had before sure. but yeah it's basically like uh my my heel just started feeling like it was a gigantic bruise and i would just try to walk and i'd be like ow like why does the bottom of my foot hurt for no reason and i thought it would go away after a couple days and then instead it kind of spread up into the back like where your achilles heel is and sure enough when i went to the doctor this all makes sense now after getting a little pamphlet and my exercises that i have to do and stuff mm. but um yeah it fucking sucks and i i didn't really know this was a thing before it just sort of changed my life now and apparently it can be chronic and i'm gonna have to get orthotics probably and yeah. so it got me thinking like you're you're a little older than me even. So what are some things in, in the last, let's say, five, ten years that 
you never had issues with before that are really kind of plaguing you at this point? Um, Physical, obviously. Well, I've had things come and go. I mean, I had skin cancer on my face. Oh, shit. I have a spot here. That's a huge one. That I had removed um, a couple months ago, maybe in like November or something. And uh, that was not fun. Damn it, you're terrifying me because I had like a spot on my nose that I was a little, you know concerned not not concerned but it looked like a freckle that was a little bigger and i was like has that large freckle always been there mm-hmm. and then recently i had a zit or something that i popped and when i popped the zit sorry if that's gross for anyone um but we've been tired yeah, yeah well some people watch dr so i grab this old t- lady's face and the skin <laughs> yes. comes off and some of it got in my mouth but also <laughs> oh, oh, warning <laughs> i popped a zit <laughs> i don't know man oh okay anyways yeah uh so when i popped the zit though i noticed like a lot of blood vessels in that area just instantly like went red and and it took longer than it should have to kind of heal up it's pretty yeah. much back to normal now but it's got it had gotten me thinking like i think i'm gonna ask my doctor what kind of yeah i mean you know things qualify when when you should be worried or whatever sure so yeah how what was that experience like then that was that was great i love well, no you already said it was bad but no i mean what did I they had, do they lasered a, or no they cut it out i had a uh i had a spot like a mole that when i thought it was a mole that when i would wash my face and i use like that like face scrub stuff exfoliator or whatever yeah, yeah it would it would get irritated and and uh i was like eh, it's been a long enough time i should get this checked out because i don't want it to get worse and uh, so I went to the doctor and they said, come back in two weeks. Like it w- let it not get irritated. And then I went back, I went in. And so I basically had like diagnosed cancer for about five minutes. Cause she's like, yeah, this looks like skin cancer. Go over there. And I lay down on the thing and they, f- she froze my face and she just went cut and cut this thing out. And then I went home and I'm like, holy shit, I have a huge like crater in my face. It's uh, healing, I can it's, see a little, but I mean. No, but I mean, it was like. It's not something I would have noticed, like, had you not mentioned it. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah, it's getting better, which is nice. It's dimple esque, um, maybe a little bit, but like, no, not even. Yeah, that's pretty minor. No, I'm o- I'm okay with it, but it was rough. Better than cancer for sure. A hundred percent. I had a show that night too. Like, I had I had Holy like shit. four shows that week, so I had to do. I did wear a Band-Aid on my face, and everyone's like Nelly style. Yeah, everyone made that joke. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. Here I am thinking uh, I'm original. No, and. Uh, <laughs> And people were like, what happened to your face? And I was like, oh, I have skin cancer. And they're like, okay. And I was more worried about like, is this thing going to show up on stage? Because I don't want to go up on stage and have to address why I have a Band-Aid on my face. And then the comedy. Yeah, but you can get a bad zit that leaves a big mark for a long time if it doesn't, you know, heal properly or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I could have lied about that. And you never do stage makeup? No. Is that a weird thing to ask? (laughs) Um, If I'm being honest, I have. Uh, But it was a habit I formed from doing this show because we have extremely bright lights down here, which I think overall uh, makes the show look pretty good and pretty professional. But I did notice a lot of time I would always have a really shiny forehead. I don't know if I'm an oily guy or whatever. Yeah, but I am for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, just different people have different skin types. And I hope, uh, I hope it's not catching a glare off the camera. And <laughs> It probably is, yeah. I, and that's all I do. I don't, I'm not doing the whole running the gamut with like eyeliner or anything. It's just the, uh, what do they call it? It's not even foundation. Foundation is like the Stuff you put over zits, if you're or whatever. This is like a you take a brush. It's like a makeup brush. That's foundation, I think. Is that still it? foundation? Yeah. Okay, well maybe there's different types, but it's like the powdery shit that you just kind of yeah. fluff on the shiny parts, and they become more matte and less reflective. And yeah, stuff. I mean I don't do that. If any, if I did anything, I'd probably do that. Like if yeah, I, that's all. I did that once or twice before, like a show. If it was like a competition, or I was in a place where I knew I was gonna be like really sweaty. If it was a summertime show, or but 
I don't know. Maybe that's lame or weird. I don't know. No, I don't know. Do what you got to do. Man. Yeah, whatever. I choose celery. You, you. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's your phone. That's I thought weird. it was a car, uh, chair upstairs. It's the truckers. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Let's go there because. Uh, but yeah, no. To answer your question really quickly, uh, yeah, I have I have broken down body things that I just. Oh yeah, sorry. I just <laughs> I just work around at this point. Like I I must injured my shoulder like twenty years ago. Mm. So if you and I were playing catch with a baseball. After a while, I'd have to be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Or the next two weeks, my shoulder will kill. And I did the, I did, I injured my heel, and that doesn't work properly. And yeah. so I, it sucks because I wish I could still play sports. Like, I'd love to go play pickup basketball with people. And I love basketball. I'm very driven to play. Like, if, if you were like, let's go play basketball, we're only going to shoot around. I would eventually get you to play one on one with me because that's what I want to play, mm. and then I would eventually just hurt myself. <laughs> it wouldn't be worth it. Yeah. No, it, which sucks. But uh, did you see uh, Tom Segura's injury from basketball? No, you know Tom Segura. Yeah, familiar? yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, um, he was playing with Bert Kreischer and and I guess some other friends. This is like maybe six months or a year ago. These guys but, don't don't look like the healthiest dudes in the world. First, of yeah, all. I would say they're like healthy for Americans. I know that sounds mean, but. <laughs> Um, I mean, Bert Kreischer kind of celebrates his gigantic pot belly. So, like, I don't think I'm really speaking yeah. Yeah. mean here. But, yeah, uh, it's it's a crazy video, though, because he just kind of slips by accident. And the way he lands on his arm, it's just, like, backwards afterwards. It's pretty gnarly. Yeah, that's, that's like, traumatic injury. But just, yeah. like, yeah, like, stress injuries. Like, if I went and jumped around and played stuff, my back would be all seized up, too. So, it's depressing getting... <laughs> Like I think it's normal at this age to have a couple of those body part things, though. Yeah, for sure. But like, contrary to what everyone thinks, getting older is not as much fun as <laughs> as you might think. But it's fine. You get wiser too, and you know. Yeah, what exactly. You do and That's stuff a trade off. Yeah. Well, and not only that, but physically speaking, sure, I might be more prone to this, that, or the other thing. But I also care way more about trying to stay in shape than I did when it when it came naturally. Much like other things, if something's handed to you. You, you generally don't work very hard for that thing. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. We're teaching that with the kids now, like to do your own fucking laundry, you know, so that when they go get their first apartment, they're not like living in a pile of filth because no one ever taught them how to do that kind of basic shit. You yeah. Know? Um, it's, you know, I, I feel, I feel for your kids cause I I've done the laundry maybe like 15 times in my life. I just always had my parents or my wife <laughs> to do it and stuff. Like even when I was in, you had no period in between parents and wife. Uh, where you had to do your own laundry? No, no, I did. I mean, I lived I lived uh, at university. I lived in residence and then with my roommates and stuff. But I would save up, like, all, all my clothes and wash them. And then like once I'd a have... Month. Yeah, whenever. I don't even remember. So I'd take it to the coin op. So it wasn't yeah. often. And then and then in between that, I'd take my clothes home and wash them at home over Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. So it worked out that I didn't have to do laundry. Like, I'm very much, like... Like the way that some old people are with computers, they're like, "Well, oh, I don't want to press the wrong button." Like that's how I feel with like a washing machine. Like, really? Yeah. I'm like what? I was gonna ask, is that your most hated household chore? No, putting away the dishes is the really. Most, yeah, I fucking love the dishes. You love putting away dishes? Not, uh, I mean, putting them away is, I guess, the most more boring part. But I do like. Like I like washing, washing and yeah, like if someone's saying, "Oh, everybody needs to do one task," I will happily take all of the dish stuff because. Really? Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard this before, too, and I do find it that when you're washing the dishes, it can be kind of like a meditative sort of... Mm -hmm. You just get to be alone with your thoughts for a couple minutes doing this manual labor that doesn't really require much actual intelligence, you know? Yeah, I, Don't I actually, drop dish, that's about it. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts like this one. Um, on uh, You actually do listen. I, that sounded like... Yeah. Uh, 
you know, you're just flattering me, but well, I know on a couple so occasions weird that you, I'm like advertising your podcast on your thing. Like, <laughs> no, but you've sent me messages once or twice that yeah, whenever anyone does that, it means a lot to me. You're like, oh, I, I listened to you talk to John Doerr or something. You know, you told me about uh, in, in when I recorded him, I talked about uh, some time I had seen him and and part of his performance he did, and you were like, oh, dude, I was at that show. Mm, yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, I take support whenever I can get it. Yeah, for sure. But like that, I just just to say like that, I do that when I'm doing the dishes, like I listen to something or music or whatever. It's mm. great. I don't mind that. But putting away the dishes for some reason, just I hate it so much. I would have to say uh, cleaning bathrooms sucks. I like cleaning the bathroom. Cleaning the toilet? Really? Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I like it being clean afterwards. Like I like the result, but I don't know the labor of that. I one. actually don't care. I don't care if my bathroom's not that clean, but if you ask me to clean the bathroom, I don't mind. I'm like, sure. Yeah. Spray stuff down. Like uh, I can fix your toilet too. I've, I've clogged so many toilets in my life that I learned how to fix them. <laughs> I'm, I'm a good unclogger. Yeah. I think it's like the dad role in the family to be the, the handy with the plunger. Yeah. Definitely. I know I am. Yeah. But boy, boy, oh boy, guys, I got to say, this is like riveting stuff. Like this is like, <laughs> yeah, but you ever fix one of those low flush toilets? Now oh, we talking. have a low yeah. flush. It's fucking brutal. <laughs> well, hey, we can, we're, yeah, we're in our thirties. We're, we're boring we dads can, sometimes. We can cut this out of the whole. Yeah. Podcast. You can always uh, jump in with some energetic discourse if you're, Gonna criticize us, Jesus? No, I'm, um, well, it's fun listening to you guys talk about my aches, my pains. I'm sitting over here, like 30 years older than you, yeah. 25 years older than you. Yeah, you guys have no idea. That's, that's crazy. We're starting to feel it. No, though. the funny thing is because I don't remember uh, we asking your opinion about it. So. <laughs> Ollie always says, "Chime in if you have something important to say." So, well, yeah. no, I mean you can talk whenever, really. You a lot of the time it's I, I turn to you about certain things because you're a knowledgeable dude, but. Um, we can get it ramped up. What I was going to say, well, there's, talk about? there's one thing that we kind of, the elephant in the room being that this is an Ottawa based podcast. Yeah. And right now, uh, I guess the city is under siege or whatever terminology you want to use. So I, you know, let's get into it. I thought about, maybe that was one of the reasons I, I probably postponed doing another episode even longer. I probably could have done one a couple weeks ago, but it's just, this stuff was just happening and I kind of wanted to see how it played out and, I feel like, like we talked about with the comedy audiences during COVID and all that, it feels like if I say anything, even if I, it's like a measured opinion or I back it up with why I think that, you're instantly making a bunch of enemies, especially with this shit right now. Uh, I don't think tons of those people are probably watching my podcast in the first place, but yeah. um, you know, I, I don't like making enemies and I, and I don't want people to feel like I'm writing them off, but I think this shit's pretty ridiculous. Um, I think that it's, it's really brought that division that I already felt online on social media saw in the U S for the last, since Trump basically uh, really brought it to a, you know, reality that's, I can't ignore or not to say I was trying to ignore it all the time, but you know what I mean? It's on our doorstep now mm -hmm. and it's, and it's dividing friend groups and, and I don't know, man, it's just been a weird time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, as we're recording this, it's what, February 13th. Yeah. And the uh, siege, protest uh, whatever you want to call it at at parliament is still under well underway yeah uh and who knows by the crazy thing is by the time you put this out there could be there could have been a firefight in the street there could have been all this crazy this stuff. is hopefully going to be going up tomorrow okay. um i can't well, promise that, that but we're, we're going to try and edit all this to you know after you leave in the in the evening tonight so hopefully it'll be as relevant as we can make it but yeah it's true it's, it's things are happening so quickly every every day there's a new 
headline hitting the you know the yeah. news and all that. So it's it's been very weird. It, it's very sad. I I feel the whole thing is sad because it's like kind of saying goodbye to like an innocence of Canadian yeah. culture because they've turned the especially here in Ottawa they've turned the Canadian flag into like a symbol of of fascism to yeah. people and stuff like people like flying that means like that you're racist or whatever and and the the reality is like lost somewhere in between like we have these factions and we've had it for so long where it's like I think it's like 10% on the left and 10% of people on the right who are violently over the top that or, way. Yeah. And then 80% of the people in the middle who are like, I kind of believe in in a multifaceted view of life yeah. that isn't hardline, but who, who do you hear from? You don't hear from people who don't have a strong opinion about stuff or who are like, yeah, I have opinion, but I, I wouldn't go and drive a truck through a building about it. So you, you hear like the squeaky wheels on either side, right? And yeah. people are like, you have to do this and you have to do this. And then we're we're getting forced more and less that if you're not in one group or the other, you're in the other one. You can't be in the middle. Yeah. So, and I'm not in the Which, middle. Like I, I, fucking Christ. The, like the truckers put you in a position where they're like, what, you don't like freedom? And you're like, of course I like freedom. Yeah. Like, give me a break. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah. It's, it's like too like si oversimplified everything. One hundred percent, yeah, and, and and they're making people like de facto side with the government. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to be on the government side and like the yeah. I'm not in bed state. with the man, but yeah. like I don't know, your crazy anarchist ass isn't really that appealing to me either. No, and, you know, yeah, dismantling of, of dis democracy and you know, I'm all for protesting, but if 100%. it's done in a legal manner, like everything they did with the trucks, they're breaking tons of laws. And, and now like fucking yesterday, they had hot tubs on parliament, a concert stage, all this shit, which to me is like, there's a lot of ways you can go with that. You can say, oh, well, they're trying to make it look family friendly and recruit people into their cause, which I'm sure is true to some degree. But it's also just like, even if there's none of that, what the fuck does this have to do with your protest? Like, I mean, I guess the jacuzzi is just to stay it, warm, but it like, doesn't it? It's all illusory, right? Because the this aspect, like, there's a whole aspect of like, it's just a party. We're happy down here and yeah. stuff. You're like, you're happy protesters. I've never That's seen not a, supposed to be the point. I've never seen yeah. a happy protester because if you're happy about stuff, what are you doing here? Yeah, you're like, clearly pretty free right now. Yeah, you're and like, I've I've been down there. I, I invite people to go if they if they feel safe enough. <laughs> yeah, if you don't feel safe, don't go. Uh, it's but it hasn't been overly unsafe. Yeah, well, yeah, no, and me. I've heard. I mean, I'm a white guy. I can I could put on a like a black and red checkered shirt and go down there and people are like yeah. uh, who what is he you know yeah. like it's I, like when the zombies in the uh, you know you cover yourself in blood <laughs> and guts and then the walkers can't smell you yeah exactly i just cover <laughs> myself in diesel fumes and they're like hey all right but it's like but you go down there and this idea of like they're just having a party like you know and it's like no they're not i've seen their eyes they're they're yeah. sad they're confused misguided. they're 100 misguided there's they're a lot angry. of these conspiracy uh types that are behind or, or a part of this, which a lot of that shit is rooted in drama. If you dig into it, man, like, Oh yeah. A lot of people. And I've talked about this on the show before because a the therapist talked to me about this that I had on the show, but also just in my own life experiences, uh, I won't name names, but people who are close to me or have been close to me, I've had fractured relationships because the conspiracy stuff, there's a healthy dose of it because we should question things. We shouldn't just, you know, swallow the pill or whatever, mm -hmm. but 
there's also just the people who go off the fucking deep end, you know? And it's like, it becomes anything that's counterculture, anything that's counter institution is now the word and what I'm going to follow. You yeah, know? dude. And the crazy thing for me is thinking about like, well, is there a level that you maintain? Like if you believe in, if you believe that JFK was murdered by on the, by the grassy knoll shooter, yeah. uh, can you be like, that's a kind of, conspiracy that i can see happening or do you have to go like to the moon landing and flat earth and and moon yeah yeah. like at what point can you can you be out there and still be like that's not true or do you have to go full in and that's what i would love to see i'd love to see some moon landing someone who thinks the moon landing was fake berating someone because they think the earth is flat and it's like oh yeah like you deserve to be on your pulpit right now like your your shit's just as ridiculous yeah but, so where yeah where is the tiered system here you know yeah there isn't one i think no. i think as soon as you pass like a certain point you're you just, just like i drink guess all the kool-aid i guess it's all uh yeah well and and to me the the glaring hypocrisy is the whole I mean, they're against the mandates, but they're also saying the reason we hate these mandates is because we don't have the same opportunity to work. So first of all, we should address that most the whopping majority of truckers are vaccinated mm-hmm. and they are still working right now. But I, I agree with not forcing someone to get vaccinated. But all, these truckers like are you telling me there's no interprovincial or even just within Canada, routes that need to be filled. I feel like that's yeah, but I mean, it's not really about truckers. Like the the reason this is a trucker convoy is because the people behind it were like, you know, what we could use as siege engines yeah. to shut stuff down is big, barricades, big trucks. effectively. And yeah. yeah, like if you bring the the fucking uh, sedan convoy, yeah, like they're like <laughs> the we smart can move. cars, yeah. Um, no, sorry, but the point I was trying to make was the hypocrisy being that they've now put out like everybody who works in the downtown core and the Rideau Center have not been able to work for weeks now. Like what? You can't work. So you go make a big fuss about it and then put a bunch of people out of work. Yeah. And really, you could have worked, but you were just being specific about those parameters. Yeah. I mean, if you you're know? looking for hypocrisy and, and like irony and stuff, you'll be able to spend the next 20 years looking at this thing in retrospect. Yeah. It's obviously there's so many ridiculous things about it. It's hard to where to know where to start. Well, there was those arsonists, which I suppose, uh, I don't know if they've been directly linked to, but hey, there's a bunch of rambunctious fucking people downtown causing all kinds of crazy shit. And then all of a sudden there's these two people who try to burn down a residential building and there's video footage of it all. Mm-hmm. And they tried to tape the fucking doors shut so that people would burn alive. Can you imagine if that actually happened? This shit would have been over immediately. If a bunch of kids and people had burned to death in a building. You'd hope so. Or or, or like the, the way that things are spun, people would be like, They're, they weren't with us. And you go, well, it looks like they were with you. Yeah. And like, yeah. Or like the other thing that I've heard thrown around online, which I, I tend to agree with, is if this coup or whatever you want to call it was done by a bunch of native americans they would have been shut down immediately like, they would have been shot dude 100%. yeah well exactly like, they would have been like the this 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 uh way of like protesting by using large trucks or whatever you can get your hand on to shut things which down. can be weapons yeah. essentially oh my god for sure you could imagine you just drove down the sidewalk yeah killing people sure um, yeah, really. You but it's agree. like at this point, and I don't, I don't consider them the truckers. Like yeah. truckers are bad. Guess what? For the next few years, people in Ottawa are going to flip off every trucker they see. Mm. You mean like go fuck yourself? See, I wouldn't know. do that, knowing that the whopping majority of truckers are not a part of this. But sure, but but there's going to be this lingering like doubt that they're they are a good person because like man you guys brought it right to our doorstep and it's really well. Can I point out? Of course, you can't paint everybody with the same brush, but. 
How many times in like media, and I know it's just movies or whatever, but have you seen truckers portrayed as like assholes, disgusting people, uh, you know, racists? Like, I'm not saying that makes it true, but I'm saying that those stereotypes may have evolved from some tr nugget of truth, you know, that like, yeah. How oh, I don't want to, I don't want to say the wrong fucking things where like the truckers union's gonna fucking hate me or something. I'm not again. I don't think all truckers are bad people. I no, think of course. Most of them are not being shown right now because they're not the loud fucking blaring ones. Like they're on the road right now delivering well, yeah, shit. Yeah, like like what I was saying is like I feel like the truckers are being the truckers as a entity are being used by the people creating this because they needed them. They yeah. couldn't just drive in their own car and stuff. They right? need that blockade. Yeah, but like. The and this idea of like them being heroes and fighting for freedom and stuff, it's like, hey man, the minute you guys go blockade something that isn't for you, like you you go you go help an indigenous protest of a yeah of an oil pipeline going through exactly your, your land. The minute you you're fighting for someone other than yourself, we'll we'll read we'll re uh, uh, we'll look again at like the term hero. Your motivation. But right now like, you're yeah. like. You're in a hot tub and you're a whiner. And you're like, I'm, yeah. I'm whining. And you're like, good. You know, guess what? Like, I, I don't know what you're doing down there because I hate freedom and I literally love the pandemic and yeah, I love I know, being right? all the time. So like six masks on right yeah, now. Why are you why are you fighting for the thing I don't want? Get out of here. Like everyone, yeah. everyone wants the pandemic to be over. Yeah. Don't bring your politics to it where you're like, but we all we also want to be in charge of the government. Like, are you kidding me? Exactly. Yeah. It's like Again, I, I don't, I'm with you. I don't want to wear a mask. I don't love all these mandates and stuff. But with vaccinations as well, it's hard for me because working at the hospital, but even more so having a spouse who's an ICU nurse, it's like consistently for a long time now, the only people they get in there, especially people our age or younger or mm -hmm. around that, you know, not like senior citizens that have COVID are the unvaccinated. Yeah. Like I know not everyone is privy to that kind of firsthand you know, I, again, I'm not the ICU nurse, but I obviously trust my my betrothed, you know, to not <laughs> bullshit me about this. And, um, you know, I don't know. It just it's hard for me because I wish I could like everyone had that kind of a connection so that they maybe would think a little more reasonably about these things and not get so carried away with the fantastical aspects of whatever appeals to them in that moment. And just look at like, no the people who are in the ICUs right now aren't vaccinated. Like that proves at least to some degree that vaccines help. I'm not going to say they're a cure yeah. Um, because I still got COVID, but I don't know. I, I can't help but wonder how much sicker I would have been if I wasn't vaccinated. For sure. Yeah. And you'll never know. And that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. That's the thing where the other side can flip it and be like, well, how come half the people in here are vaccinated in the hospital? Like an ICU. Yeah. It's like, like say but that's in, not true. That's what I'm telling you. Like, and yeah. at least in her experience, like, People yeah. that are our age that are vaccinated aren't coming into the ICUs. Exactly, exactly. They, they just aren't. Like, but the, the and but if you look at like the the numbers of of stuff, it's like even if a place had like an, a number of vaccinated people in the hospital, you're like, well, look, they're they're in the hospital, and you're like, but you guys represent like eight percent of the population, yeah, and you represent ninety percent of the people in the yeah, <laughs> exactly. in the, like you're like, yeah, there might be some other people in there, but it's not like it's fifty fifty. It's like yeah. a willy nilly, like, oh, you're in the ICU and you're in the it's like you're all potentially in the ICU, and like, I don't know, I really despise the the world these days, like the Twitter sphere and stuff, because yeah. it's nothing but division and it's ridiculous and it's like all false. Like there are people that patently just make things up and go, this will spread and for good or bad, like for other, whatever side you're on, like there's just so much false stuff out there and it's, 
And I, it's so confusing for people. Yeah, it's really hard to know what to believe. Everyone's angry. Yeah, everyone's built up. And that's obviously partially the pandemic, everyone being cooped up and stuff. But I try to go with like, okay, like you said, you went downtown. I try to know or see what I know firsthand and, and not just absorb what's in the media. Because, you know, that's one of their main arguments is like, oh, you're you're like a CBC junkie. Like you're getting this doctored version of what's really happening. But I don't know, man, everyone I've heard interviewed from their side. And then again, some people I've seen in real life myself, shockingly don't look like the types that have a high school education. They're all speaking in terrible grammar for whatever that's worth. I guess some people will say that's a stupid thing to get hung up on, but they don't seem highly educated. And you know, I went into the fucking grocery store yesterday and people are becoming a lot more emboldened because of what's going on downtown. They feel like, Oh, like, I'm a little resistance fighter in this one Loblaws. Like, and that that's the the humor of it to me. I'm not even saying I know everything. I'm right, you're wrong. But it's more just like a lot of the ones I saw yesterday, they're all just doing it for attention more than anything. I'm like, you're going to tell me you walk by yeah. this old man in the grocery store and you don't feel like a dickhead right now because you could easily have a mask on and it wouldn't be a super nuisance oh, for you. Yeah, 100%, dude. Like, and and going down to the uh, to Parliament, like the one thing you don't get from any of the things you'd see online or on the news is that they're all constantly streaming it. It's all performative. Mm. Half the people have phones. They're going around. They're filming themselves. They're filming the whole thing. To play devil's advocate, isn't that kind of true of like existence in 2022 that everyone's always filming everything? Look at a concert. No one's actually watching the person on stage. They're all watching through their phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that's a concert. This is like a two-week thing where it's constant. And they're, yeah, true. It's been going it, on there's a long time. 10, For every two people there, there's 10,000 people at home watching it being like, look at this. Uh, I yeah. want to watch the stream of literally nothing happening. People like... And, Partying, but, yeah. But it's performative for to show like, look, we're actually doing it. And like doing what? And like we're doing the thing that you think like it's not necessarily all that real. Yeah. What's happening? Everyone's there to prove that something's happening, which necessarily isn't necessarily actually happening. Like they're not fighting the good fight. They're just filming themselves yelling freedom. Yeah. Like, okay. Like, what does that do? No, it, nothing. Especially when this is all at a provincial level where they really need to be sticking their noses and, and they're down at fucking parliament, which is all federal. So it's, and the fact yeah, that they expect a Trudeau to just show up when, when like, he's probably afraid of being like shot. I would be a lot yeah, of these dude. backwoods motherfuckers and they all hate you. And they're openly saying fuck Trudeau. Like yeah. who the fuck would expect this man to show up? And I'm not super tr- pro Trudeau these days. I voted for him to get weed legalized. And every time since then I have not voted for him. Um, but and you he, know, and he did that, man. He did whatever, do that. Whatever his legacy is, yeah. He, I'm not a fan of the blackface. <laughs> I think that's disgraceful. You know, he's he's had a lot of shit since then that made me go, oh man, why did I vote for this guy? Um, but the weed, yeah, you got to give him that. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> we can get high during all this fucking anarchy right now. I, yeah, exactly. I like him for that. No, I didn't vote. I don't vote. Literally. But regardless of what you think of him, like to expect anyone in his position right now to come on some podium and be like, I heard your requests and I'm here. Let's rap guys. Let's talk about it. Oh, hundred percent. It's ridiculous. And I mean, the, the, the funny thing is it's like, these people don't represent like uh, a lot of people. No. Like I could probably get the same amount of people together and go demand that I talk to the prime minister and he'd be like, what are you talking about? You're 200 people. Yeah, it's like they expect like, that he's just going to come with a big rubber stamp and be like, oh, okay, yeah. log but, on. Yeah, but also, like, I, this is my analogy for this, like, the, the fact of, like, this violent mob stuff. It's like, like, the people who are like, I don't know why Trudeau just doesn't go talk to them. Like, first of all, why would he ever do that? Personal safety, yeah. But but secondly, it's like, it's like imagine there's a, a woman's shelter 
and there's there's a, a woman inside and her partner finds out where the, where she's staying and she's outside the win- he's outside the window and he's like, Shelly, get out here. I want to talk to you. And the people inside would be like, yeah, just go talk to him, Shelly. You know, he's yes. probably <laughs> just wants to talk. You're like, no, you he's don't like send... drunk and shit. <laughs> you don't send someone out to be... We're supposed victimized. to be together. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, why don't you go talk to this angry mob? You're like, yeah. I don't know. Forget maybe the restraining because, order. <laughs> maybe, maybe because they're <laughs> described changed. as an angry mob. Yeah, maybe exactly. that's why I like meet them. Well, uh, and again, the people I saw in the, in the grocery store... I hate to say it, but they were all exactly like, at least physically, appearance-wise, they're exactly what I expected. That one guy had like a, uh, you know, I don't know what else to call it, but like a Russian-style hat with the flops on the side. I have one of those too, but he was wearing it with like a red plaid. He just looked like oh, the stereotypical ear, ear hoser. I've never seen a, yeah. a hoser. Those ear- are those are ear diapers, man. Real men don't wear those. <laughs> we ex- we let our ears take whatever they can get outside. Yeah, I want free um, ear holes. Um, but anyways, I see this family after though, and and there's. A mom and a dad both look like like fresh out of jail, like that kind of look, you know? And the kids all look like they're headed to juvie, like that kind of family. And they're all walking with this swagger like they want as many people as possible to see how bold and brazen we are with not giving a fuck because we don't give a fuck because freedom. And it's just yeah. like exactly what I fucking thought. And they look like fucking drug users for sure. And I'm a drug user, but you know what I mean when I say drug user. Sure. Um, so then I, I happened to leave at the same time as them and they had one of these big fucking trucks uh, which I got to say, I fucking hate trucks before all this, <laughs> just my own personal experiences again, but they had, you know, um, I might as well have said, make Canada great again. Some, some fucking slogan like that. And then on the other side, save the children. And all I'm thinking is like, yeah, save these children from these meth head looking parents. You know, it's just so fucked up what's going on right now. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's not good. And it doesn't, it doesn't end well. Uh, but it's part, it's part of the cycle of, where we are in terms, like... It's a I've, breaking point, like... Well, I really feel like we're at the, like, Western end of the empire kind of thing. Like, like the decline of the life, of the uh, wealth and prosperity of, of America, especially in, in the UK, like Western Europe, Canada, is declining. Like, we have... Our children's lives aren't promised to be better than ours. Mm. They may be, they may make less money. Like, look at the housing market. Like, look at people in their 20s and well, 30s. Who are like, the environment is probably the big one there, too. Yeah, but I mean, humans are never going to do anything about that. Like, that's yeah. not, it's not. Well, we can not ramp up the speed of our own demise. You know what I mean? Sure. By, by putting precautionary measures and stuff like that to try to mitigate some of the, the bullshit. Yeah. And I mean, but honestly, when, when the, when it, when you can make one penny more in profit, as like with solar power than oil, the oil companies will be like, "Bye, we're green companies now." Yeah, like it's, it's about money. It's about, and they don't care. And until then, but but re-implementing a new infrastructure for that kind of thing is what really takes time. You know, switching to solar is not like a decision. You just go like, "Okay, let's throw all this shit out," and like you know, for sure, it's more and, of a and, gradual kind of a. And there is a move towards that and stuff. Yeah, with electric still, cars and yeah, yeah, it's it's confusing because you want to keep like. Everyone wants the lifestyle they think they were kind of promised. They're entitled to or whatever, yeah. Entitlement is a very big issue. (laughs) Well, it wasn't that long ago that there was world wars and shit like that. Like, you know, like when we were in school growing up, it it was already a while ago, I guess. But Vietnam wasn't that long before, you know, a couple decades or whatever. So I, I think every generation has these huge events that affect them. We just got stuck with the pandemic. That's ours, you know. 
for now. For, for sure. now, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It could get worse. I mean, I guess we had nine eleven too, but we're not Americans, so we weren't maybe as directly affected by that. But yeah, it was pretty huge though when it happened. I remember that being like even in Canada, definitely. Hey, I'm looking at the twin towers right now behind you on that uh, CD book or whatever. Where? The white thing below the New Mutants poster. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. It's a Beastie Boys uh, album oh, yeah. from a CD. Yeah, it's the New York skyline. But you're right. I didn't even realize that shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I knew it was up there, but yeah, it, as it pertains to this conversation, I hadn't clued in on that. Uh, do you remember where you were on 9-11? Yeah, it was... Uh, in grade 9 or 11? <laughs> grade 10, I want to say. I was yeah. grade 10. Yeah, and I was... Uh, it was after first period. We were just switching classes or something, and and... You know, you see people in between periods that maybe you don't have class with or whatever. And someone I know came up and she was like, oh, you know, they attacked the Pentagon. They attacked like, I don't know, the world's under attack. I don't even think they had attacked the Pentagon at that point. But she was just like doomsdaying it a little bit. And then we went around to all the classes that we could get to uh, and told them to like turn on the TVs or like, you know, some t teacher was like, what are you doing in my class? And we're like, ma'am, shut up. <laughs> this is a huge like and they, world. And you roll in. I remember rolling in a TV yes, on that, very much. that that tall wheel. Uh, With the VCR or whatever combo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I don't know. And I, we all got high after that and said like, well, I guess we can skip school the rest of the day. Yeah. I very much remember that. Yeah, definitely. Not yeah. not that we were like, yay. But Sweet. it was a write-off. Every like yeah. I was in university at the time, and it was a write-off. Like classes were just canceled, and we're like, "What the hell are we supposed to do?" And, but I, it was a Tuesday, and I know that because it was cheap drinks at the the shot, which was a bar. <laughs> yeah, in you Kingston. were a bit older than me. Yeah, yeah. and and we we're like, I guess we'll go to the bar tonight, and we did. Yeah, and drank beer and talked about like, wasn't that crazy? Well, because I, I think that on. even in Canada, like it obviously still instilled the fear of like, oh. We're not necessarily safe just because we're in North America. But at that time, I still honestly think that I probably was like, yeah, but who's trying to attack Canada? You 100%. Know? But literally, people were like, thought this could be like, like 9-11 could be like a worldwide thing. And like, you could be- That they like, were going to start. Yeah, I remember that. People were like, Toronto where's the next spot going to be? Like yeah. That. Yeah. Um, I remember people being worried about that. I was much more like you. I was like, I don't think they're going to bomb Kingston anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways- Pandemic aside, this uh, this whole movement with the truckers is uh, is a thing to behold, to say the least. But uh, they've got kids with them, too, which I find kind of fucked up. And I know I've heard a lot of people talking about that, that especially since it's like very cold during a lot of this. Yeah. And they're living in trucks and stuff. So I had heard that people were going to get like child services involved. And that was one of the angles they were going to try. And I don't know, man. I think the whole thing is set up for conflict. And that's what I'm worried. That, yeah. The fact that there isn't any real conflict yet. The fact that they're kind of blatantly announcing, hey, we don't have enough cops. We're outnumbered. Like, it's probably not something you should put in the news. <laughs> right. You yeah. know? I mean, that's been... Keep that close to the chest, maybe. The city of Ottawa is going to have to have a reckoning about our... Yeah, my dad was talking about the police chief and, and all that, that you were everything. saying he should be, you know... Oh, I, I, I think slowly has not represented very well at all. You reacted too slowly? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Sorry, it's low-hanging fruit. It's, um, yeah, I, I think uh, I won't be surprised if... It, it won't happen tomorrow, but some point in the future, to... yeah, he'll be gone, oh, I think. Oh, I, I would imagine so, yeah. I think he's lost his job. Yeah, well, we, we had talked about this, too, that, you know, you see reports of uh, cops helping them bring the fuel when they're supposed to be stopping them with the fuel. Obviously, not all cops, because they did do a raid at, at Coventry Road. But yeah. I've seen photos of them letting people with jerry cans through because there's certainly going to be supporters. You're telling me all of society's divided on this, but but not cops. 
they're all on the same page. Like, no, of course, it's going to be divided just oh the God. same way. No, but dude, they're much more aligned with the right wing. This was I was going to say. Ever since Black Lives Matter, the right well, are like defend Pete- our boys in blue, and the left are like defund the police. Who do you yeah. think they're going to side with? You yeah. know? Well, there's an active push to make the left the violent seeming Antifa wing. And all that wing. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's bizarre. This this is a right wing freedom from government protest, which is almost insane. Because unless it's like libertarian who are like, we don't want government at all. Yeah. But like there is this push to like like the the occup- occupations are like meant to instigate violence. So that they can be like, look, they're being violent to us. They're the oppressors. Well, and unfortunately, people saw that these things can be somewhat achievable with January 6th in the States last year. Uh, you know, the in- insurrection or whatever they called it. That that, that was a big mistake on their part. Because I think in the States, the right wing is definitely trying to make Antifa and Black Lives Matter into like... Cancel culture a, and all yeah, that. Like, yeah, like that's a violent gang and stuff. And if... and they accidentally allowed their people to become a violent mob. And they, and then you're like, well, you don't have a leg to stand on if you're saying other people are violent because you guys literally attacked the government building and yeah. tried to like, destroy it. This is what I mean. Freedom, but at what cost and how free? You're free to go and piss on the prime minister's doorstep like is, is that how free we're supposed to be you know yeah. like and what I, comes of it afterwards like if the conservatives get in am i allowed to do that can i go throw dog shit at the yeah prime well people have been making jokes about especially with the party nature of everything they've got going down there like so next time my kid has a birthday party i can just fucking close off the street and get like some fireworks and you know just like how many bylaws are you allowed to break before it's like Let's stop this guy. Or is it just about having enough people? Because I could organize a pretty sick party and have a punk show or something, you know, yeah. and, you know in some place we're not supposed to. Yeah. Well, it's got a sweet view, though, so we're just going to do it here. Are you going to stop us? Fuck you. You well, know, like, yeah, but you'd have to be kind of aligned with the people who are willing to not shut you down, right? Which well, is that's which the is this, thing. So yeah. this is the craziest thing. If this does end in, in violence, you end up having like two wings of the same group, which would be like the like anti-maskers and the police to some degree. I'm not generalizing. Yeah. Anything. There's... But they're like people that kind of politically align and they're going to be fighting with guns, shooting each other. Meanwhile, their enemies who are the left wing are over here being like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Like, you're not fighting us. You're fighting yourselves. And they're probably crying the whole time. Like the police will be like, I don't want to have to do this. And, and like shooting at the protest because <laughs> they're their best friends. And meanwhile, we're like, what are you doing? Like, I think I would say, yeah, like I, I don't always say I'm left or I'm liberal or anything, but I've always leaned more that way because yeah. it's generally been nonviolent, uh, more empathetic, more people who aren't afraid to look inward and talk about feelings, God forbid, you know, whereas I kind of align the other side with a lot of stubbornness, a lot of machismo, a lot of bravado, a lot of, uh, you know, rebellious just for the sake of being rebellious kind of shit, which is weird though, because I've thought about this and I'm like, I wonder how like teenage or maybe even twenties me would have felt about all this shit. I don't know for sure. I'd like to think I'd be on this side of it still, um, whatever side that is, you know, but, but at the same time, I remember going to all the 420 protests and stuff. And part of it was because I loved weed and, and I would still do that to this day if it wasn't legal. But I also remember part of the infectious nature of it being just like being part of this big counterculture movement and and fighting against the man and all that shit. So I think... Yeah, but there's also a giant 
uh, aspect of that that's like, aren't we naughty? We're exactly we're doing yeah. It. It's taboo. It's yeah. it's off limits. It's like like dude, this trucker thing. Like to for one one aspect of it, it's like civil de- disobedience is not wearing a mask in the store in Medicine Hat, Alberta, where, yeah. you, where you come from, and just being like, I don't wear masks. Kick me out. I don't care. It's not driving across the country to beg the guy that you don't even like think actually should be in charge. Beg him for like scraps. I wouldn't please. even say beg. I would say demand. Really, is they're not demanding anything. They're beg. They're begging the government <laughs> to please let them like be free, right? And you're like, well, if you don't respect the authority of the government, why are you asking them for? I agree with that. I was just going to say, I still think they're demanding it in the sense that they're using intimidation tactics and that could be seen as a demand rather than an actual inquiry or a request. Yeah. You know? Yeah. My, my, my take on that is like the, the, like the saying like, I'm not being violent. We're not violent. We're not violent. You know, there's peaceful. We're not violent. It's like, yeah, you know who else is, isn't technically violent? A guy who's like, Hit me, bro. Hit me. Yeah. Hit me. Exactly. You hit me first, and then I'll. I'll They're I'll just get looking to... for that entry yeah, point. Yeah. You're instigating violence. Like, yeah. You're goading people. Yeah. Well, why are death threats against the law? Because they're a, a, like an invitation. Implication. Yeah. yeah. Like you can say, like, I'm going to punch you in the face, and someone, and no one would go. Well, he didn't technically do it, so it's not violent. Nothing to worry about there. Yeah. yeah. It's it's nuts, and it's this like, it's not well planned. It's this idea of like like these people literally thought that they would come to, to and it would be over by now and they'd get all the mandates clear and stuff and, yeah and like you can't demand that the government dissolves the government okay? well They're yeah not gonna but do that the scary part is that uh, i think alberta is where they actually are announcing that like they kind of are getting their way and that they're just going to remove all the mask mandates and all that shit. And that sets a slippery slope right there again i want masks to be gone too but i think i think honestly generally the people of our country the world are like yeah i'm kind of over this yeah of course like, deep down i i may not say it to everyone but i'm over this i don't want to do this anymore it's not fun i don't feel like i'm doing my part anymore it turns out that omicron got through and made people sick anyway it's like can we mitigate this quickly and then you end up with these people coming in and being like yeah and the mandates and you're like well the mandates were they literally literally showed up in Ottawa on a Saturday, and on the Monday, everything was going to reopen at like fifty percent or whatever. But like, and everyone was like, "Yeah, it's fine. We will we'll just wait till Monday." And they were like, "So they're piggybacking on the idea that the things were going to open up anyway." Yeah. And then you look, and then they're like, "Look, we've we got freedom for you." You're like, well, freedom <laughs> is like allowing people to do to be who they are, right? Yeah. Like that's why I side. I've thought, I think about it. That's why I side leftist, okay? Because the left allows people to exist. Like, depend doesn't matter who you are, what you, what you like, what box you tick, like as a person of color or a person of the LGBT community or anything. Like, you're allowed to do that. Yeah. And the right wing, if they had it way its way, wouldn't allow the left to exist. Like, conservatism is like, no, this is how things are. Yeah. And the Fit left, into this the, box. the left is like no, and and the reason, the reason I believe in like the free, like the right civil rights for everybody in whatever country you're in, Canada for like everyone should be treated the same fundamentally, is because I cannot think of any way reason why not. Yeah, like no one's ever said like, well, here's the here's the thing, there isn't one. 
Why shouldn't people be given the f- same free rights as a born human on Earth? And yeah, you, and you're like and so, within reason, like as long as you're not hurting anybody or yeah, yeah, of course, like within lawful, like within yeah, within what we agreed to as a tribe of of uh, monkeys, like a fucking yeah. million years ago. We go if you kill someone in here, that's bad. You're out of here. If you do what good, that's Going good. To monkey jail. Yeah, it's uh. I um sorry up. to cut you off. I did want to ask um the neighbor. The, he likes to saw things. Is that coming up on the mics too much? You think or no? Because I can always, uh, I have his phone number and I can always just slam on the wall, but I have a few things still to go over and I don't know how long he's going to go. I don't know if I'm hearing it through the headphones or just in the house because it is pretty loud. Is he stopped now? It's supposed to cancel all their stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, It's not too loud. Normally he's, we've had insanely good luck because he does saw shit a lot. He's a carpenter and uh, normally it's never overlapped with our podcast miraculously somehow. Well, if you need to, I can just overdub from my phone. I'll call in from my house. Yes, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, man, well, you know, I feel like we've gotten into it. We've talked about it a bit. I would say that if there's somebody, I'm sure they're long gone at this point, but if there's somebody who is on the other side of this and you're still watching, I don't hate you. I'm not trying to start beef with people. Not but at all. You want freedom? Part of freedom is we're talking about our thoughts on this. And, you know, if you want to use that as a reason to hate me, I guess I can't stop you. But I really wish all of that would decline a little bit. That, like, even if somebody is wildly not on the same side of something as you, again, unless they're being, like, a fucking blatant racist or or hurting you, maybe don't write them off instantaneously that they're the worst person ever and they're not worth your fucking time and they're not a human being to you anymore just because... You're being so polarized by these tribal divides we're in right now, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, That's 100%. the main thing I would stress. So if I've offended you, I'm sorry, but also not sorry because, you know, I have my right to an opinion. But I would hope that we can try all of us to move forward in a way where everyone listens to each other a little bit more. I don't know. Maybe that's a very vague point to be making, but... I don't know. Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly very, very depressing the way that div- division is like pushed almost like it's pushed to like prejudge people well this has all been proven right that social media is is the algorithms are fed to sort of echo chamber people and and get people just really rallying by the shit behind the shit that they already believe and not hearing honestly dude yeah i think you should if you have a friend who is what you consider somewhat of a nut on your social media or something keep them there keep them on a tether well keep them keep them visible in until they cross some line that's like okay fuck this person oh i've done that a couple times because because when you block things yeah all you end up with is with like people that agree with you and you agree and you go yeah aren't we the best and you're like but you're it's worse for you like you you need you need outside stimulus to to check yourself on where you are and as a person and what's happening and hear different opinions yeah yeah well and i've noticed that's a one thing i did want to say too is that the the world of celebrities, I feel like in the past, most celebrities, a lot of the time, unless they're known for being a shit disturber, they try to stay on everybody's good side. You want everyone to buy your CD or your movie or whatever the fuck, you know, and and most people are pretty good at that. But with this pandemic shit, maybe it's because a lot of them been stuck at home like everybody else. But you do see big name celebrities really attaching themselves to one side or the other now. And, yeah. I, and I still follow some of them. Like I still follow Russell Brand because I used to think he was funny or I do th- still think he's funny and He's articulate and and he's a curious guy, but he's totally like gone that route and support the truckers. Even I'm pretty sure he did a thing about that recently, but anything 
all the all the pandemic conspiracy stuff uh, through the roof, and everybody knows Joe Rogan's under fire for a bunch of shit too. Largely yeah. the the COVID misinformation first, um, and that's weird. I was thinking about that the other day too. That like when I started this show, I listened to Joe Rogan fairly often. Uh, mainly because it was comedians and, you know, scientists. There was a lot of variety. I enjoyed that. And mm -hmm. I would st say that I've still learned things about hosting from watching that show. Um, but really, ever since he switched to Spotify, I, I haven't been doing it. And I feel like that was the point where he started, I don't know, having, I wouldn't say an agenda necessarily, but. Well, I, th I think those things like force their own agenda, right? It's like, it's the same as having an echo chamber like you like hits on a website like how many likes do you get like how many people's youtube channels are are just like driven like if you looked three years ago they would have seven different versions of videos that they made and they're yeah. like this one i'm dressed as a clown and then it didn't get results people didn't like it so they go okay you guys really like when i do my uh funny reviews of stuff so yeah. you become a like you're forced into this thing by responding to your your own success, whether you like it or not, yeah, and uh, you're kind of trapped, yeah. And I mean, yeah, like like Joe Rogan has to have results in terms of people listening to him, yeah. So and, and controversy gets people talking and interested, and, yeah, of course, yeah. And uh, it's sad because you end up going going down a, a spiral, and at the end, like w the end of that spiral is just like. Joe Rogan would have only people who are anti-vax on his show to like reiterate a point because they're like we still need all this drama and stuff. And yeah. like that's not that's not helpful. Like that's probably not what he would intend for his show anyway. He probably wants to talk to someone else. Yeah, as well. But so like, so an interesting thing I read just recently about Rogan and and this whole thing is that um, he likes to come off as he did in his apology as you know I just a guy who likes to talk to people and have honest conversations and get different points of views I'm no expert you know and all this kind of stuff curious stoner yeah. yeah yeah but when you've got an audience the size of his yeah no conversations just like shooting the shit with the guys anymore yeah you have to recognize the impact you have on society yeah and and he just can't play like the innocent oh we're just we're just talking here you know and uh uh not anymore I mean yeah. you can you can't deny that in his mind he might still just be shooting the shit or whatever and he might he has the right uh, to say this is my show i can do what i he's want he's a but. pretty savvy businessman at this point in his life and he's got a lot of people around him too so what i've heard uh, that people are trying to, innocence is gone people are trying to take him out i heard though because instantly after that didn't really stick or or you know i'm sure it upset some people but it was like a day or two later this video surfaced which was a clips of him saying the n-word on apparently a lot of occasions like i don't know a few dozen i want is what i heard it was like 70 times or something yeah they but took a lot of episodes off like very quietly in the background yeah, they, spotify removed like a ton 70. of episodes he, yeah. he has a bit in one of his specials from back in the day where he says that a ton and i've never heard anyone complain about it like i oh I, in his I, actual special wow yeah and it's it's about like using the word not negatively but in like the sense of like uh, in terms of camaraderie, like, wouldn't it be nice to rap and say all the lines? That's like, what that he talked about in his apology. He said right. it was all contextual stuff. Yeah, that, and it, to some degree it is, but that, at the same time, it's messed up. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's a lot more people that don't have to apologize for that. You know. Well, and the other part I haven't really looked into, but I heard that there was some joke he made about referring to black people and Planet of the Apes or something like along those lines. Yeah, yeah, he's is, not. He's, yeah. he's not. How do you been, apologize for that? That's fucked up, man. Like. Yeah. No, no. There's, it's all fucked, but I don't know. 
It's not, but but what your dad said is true. It's like, like he's like the name of and the face of what's more like a business than anything. Yeah. It's like imagine being in a like the Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters, and one day you're just like, I don't fucking want to do this for a year. I want to take a year off and go fishing. Yeah. There's like 50 people that their livelihood is Dave Grohl wanting to still be in a band. Like yeah. He, like it, so That's true. you end up, yeah. end up getting caught in these things. That being said, I think Joe Rogan really does want to talk about anti yeah. Um, vax stuff because that's what he believes and that's what he wants to spread so like he is doing that on purpose this is what i mean the pandemic is where i saw a big turn in him um sure and now it sounds like we're trying to go into that divide or whatever like this side and that but that's really when yeah i, I felt like a lot of his interviews were always talking about that i mean to be fair that's what's going on in the world but i don't know man well I, like this is a tr like I think the the word trauma is overused because everyone everything's a trauma yeah. these days. And but that's because I'm older, and it was like, oh well, we just used to have shit happen to us and <laughs> try to get over it. But like everyone's traumatized for this. We've been two years of trauma, yeah, and it is true. Like and 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 everyone's mental health is suffering. It's not fun. No yeah. one is enjoying this. Um, and and everybody is like cracking up a bit. And you're seeing that. Like, it's wild how many people are just so clearly mentally unstable in the, your day-to-day -day life right now. Yeah. Where before it was, like, probably there, but it wasn't... Like, these people didn't have a catalyst to make them go further off the deep end. But it's even wild, wilder that it's understandable that they're in that state. That's the really yeah. crazy part. It's, like, not just some crazy guy. It's some crazy guy with good reason to be crazy. And it's a, everybody, you know? Yeah. Man. Well, this has gotten pretty depressing with all this Let's shit. Let's talk but, about jokes. <laughs> uh, well, I want to talk about something funny, actually. Uh, I have some extra shit I printed out because, uh, well, it's the Super Bowl tomorrow or today. Today, yeah. So when we're recording this, the Super Bowl is today. Sorry, I'm not a sports guy. <laughs> Sometime around this weekend, I knew. Um, I, lo I love golf. <laughs> <laughs> when I put up the Kenny episode, um, I will say that, again, thank you to all the new subscribers unless you've unsubscribed because you're the trucker people. I don't know, whatever, but... Don't worry uh, about that. Yeah, so when I put that up, um, it was mainly positive. Like, same thing when I put up the Spenny one and it had a big influx of people. It was like 90% positive, supportive comments. Uh, but weirdly enough, the one thing that I got chirped on a few times was this nerdy room. And I just wanted to say, first of all, for the record, how weird... I, like, do you not know that, like, being into this shit, like comic books and, and Star Wars and all that in the 90s or whatever, when I was actually a kid, that's when it was rough. Yeah. And I got through that, and I still like comics, and I still chose to decorate the room this way. So you honestly think after, like, the MCU has been dominating box offices for, like, a decade plus, and it's not lame to be into geeky shit anymore that you're going to get at me with that? Like, Yeah, dude, that's great. Like, I'm the I same way. I grew up being a comic nerd and stuff and Street Fighter everything, but it's like, yeah. Oh my God, what a nerd. He's got the most bankable <laughs> comic character in the world. I get that it's like a little bit like nerdism threw up in here. I think it was sure. Jesse Reynolds or somebody who said that. It's very pop culture explosion. That's kind of what I was going for. Yeah. But um, this doesn't happen by accident. No. And I know it's been varied after a while. I've had, you know, comics or whoever comes on the show put stuff up. So it's more of a melange of things now. But yeah, to think that you're going to you know, get at me under my ego about nerd shit. It's like, I was a nerd when it was not cool to be a nerd. And now it's like the golden age of nerdism, you know? Yeah, 100%. So um, that being said, though, I wanted to do something comic book related. 
because uh, you're into comics as well, or yeah. you know a lot about it. And uh, it is the Super Bowl. So I wanted to ask if you know about a character that Marvel put out, I think it was in the 90s, called Super Pro. Yeah. You do know NFL yeah. Super Pro? Yeah. Not okay. well, but I remember seeing it and being like, this is bizarre. <laughs> it's very weird. So it was like a comic that came up with mainly as like a merchandising thing. Dude, that's the great. The best thing about, before you get into it, the best thing about Marvel Comics back in the day was it was so like merchandise. Like they were just- Capitalism, yeah. Because do you remember the Hostess hand hand pies? Remember yeah. the, every It would be a one-page comic where Captain America like saves the world by eating a Hostess hand pie. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, fuck, I want a Hostess hand pie so bad because I don't I don't think you'd get them in Canada. They're like Twinkies or something, right? Kind of? Yeah, they were like an apple pie in your hand. Oh, okay. And, and it was always like one page of it. And I, <laughs> I always wanted one because I don't know if you remember this growing up, but like- when when I was a kid, we would get all the American ads for cereal yeah. on Saturday mornings, yeah. but they were all cereals that you couldn't get in Canada, probably because they were horrible for you. <laughs> but like Apple Jacks and like Cookie Crisp and stuff, you can get and the Cookie Crisp now. I know you can get them now. Like they've brought. Oh, them they still in. have tons we don't have. I'm sure. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. But back then they didn't have any of that. Like yeah. like the best the the worst thing for you, you could get was probably like Lucky Charms or something. And but they had ones that were like all marshmallow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you're like, and it would be like, whoa! I want, I always want to have those. So like, I've been to the states a couple times and just marvelled at the back in the day, marvelled at the cereal. Oh, well, I brought like, stuff back. Yeah, for sure. That's what I did. I bought yeah. all those ones, fruity pebbles and all. Yeah, the and, shit you and they. Oh my god! I tried that, and you're like, holy shit! This is not good for you. Like even yeah. as a kid, you'd be like, I can't eat this. It's, it's, yeah, but do they have ketchup chips? Yeah. Do they have well, coffee, Chris? They don't want them. That's no, the craziest thing. Yeah. Oh, ketchup chips are so good, though. I know. Anyways, okay, Super Pro NFL. My dad didn't seem to really know this character at all, okay? So I'm just going to read you a bit about his bio because it turns out that the supporting characters in the comic were also ridiculous. I got a lot of this off comic book resources, so hopefully not to plagiarize anything here, but... Uh, this is yet another example of Marvel Comics partnering up with a big business to create a pretty lackluster superhero. This time they teamed up with the National Football League to make, what else? A promotional series about a pun-loving, crime-fighting ex-football player with superpowers. <laughs> Written by Fabian, you remember how his, I'm supposed to say his last name? Nisiza? I can't remember, I looked it up, but Fabian Nisiza, NFL Super Pro debuted in 1991 and centered on a star football player turned reporter, Phil Grayfield. Grayfield just so happens to interview an oddball chemist and sports fan who just so happens to have invented a practically indestructible football uniform. For some reason, a group of thieves comes in, takes what they want, ties Grayfield to a chair, and decides to burn up the rest of the scientist's things, including the suit. The combination of the heat and the fumes from the chemist's supplies end up... Uh, uh, yeah, supplies, sorry. End up giving Grayfield superpowers, which he then uses to pummel bad guys. The series was reportedly worked on so that the writer could get free New York Jets tickets. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I thought that was just a funny intro. But now listen to some of these these supporting characters. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on a second. <laughs> so it's like a magic football uniform, which, yes. which, in, which would have been like anyone could wear it and be a super pro. Also, but, an ex-football player turned reporter is a little bit of a stretch, in my opinion. Yeah, that's like <laughs> that's a it's a lot of backstory. Well, I, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm but, putting some stereotypes out there with that one, but 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 then the fire and fumes give him like the the suit fumes gave him is like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I think he had maybe put the suit on and then the fumes during I don't know. Yeah. That's all I had here. So again, I wish I'd have credited the guy who wrote that little blurb, but. 
Can um, he take the suit off, or is he always super pro? That's something I wanted to know, because someone like the Rhino, he's, I think, stuck in his yeah. suit. And they never explain how he takes a like, shit either. Imagine he's going to his reporting job, and he has to put a suit over his giant f- shoulder pads. He's like, doo-doo-doo. Like, oh, what's his <laughs> nothing name? Nothing to uh, see here. The Thing and Raphael always just did like the trench coat, and people apparently couldn't tell. It's like, oh, yeah. you got giant three-toed rock feet. Yeah. But no, no, you're good. Look at that normal guy whose face is made of stones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got a hat, though. So. Yeah. Uh, so there's a character in this, too, called the Almighty Dollar. Nice. Jay Pennington Pennypacker. So that's his real name. Yeah. My friend, that's my friend's name, too. Very common name. <laughs> Like, if your last name is Penny Packer, how are we expected to believe your middle name is Pennington? Yeah. Uh, or your parents were dicks, I guess. An ad- average certified public accountant until he attended Can't Run Amuck Self Esteem Camp. <laughs> <laughs> this is already hilarious yeah. and ridiculous. Uh, the camp was actually a front for a crazed scientist who invented a device that gave anyone it was used on superpowers. Nice little, yeah, sure. Easy plot device there. After the device was used on Pennypacker, it apparently gave him the ability to throw money at his problems. Sick. <laughs> Pennypacker used his newfound abilities to help his fellow campers and FNL, oh my God, NFL superhero, uh, super pro, defeat their captors. Their group of happy campers became a team called the Happy Campers. Wait, is he a good guy or bad? Is he Almighty Dollar? A He's a good guy? guy. He's a good guy. So, it, but he got it at an evil camp. I think he went, no, to a self-esteem camp that was secretly run by an evil scientist, but they didn't know. That wasn't in the pamphlet. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they all break out with their new powers, and they become the happy campers, which I thought was a terrible name for a team. But his powers, he Look could... out, it's the happy campers. <laughs> I think we'll be fine. <laughs> they brought food, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, they have lots of patches, and um, Pennypacker could shoot torrents of pennies from his wrists. That was his only power. Of course. I don't know where they materialize from or or where they he just makes them, I guess. Yeah, that's uh, that's not for you to know. Well, and pennies are discontinued now, too, so that would extra suck. That's yeah. why, because he... he the, the, <laughs> yeah, that's the where he value, got his supply. The value plummeted because he was just shooting pennies everywhere. Like, these are worthless, man. Oh, I was going the other way, that he stocked up on pennies because, like, everyone have. was giving them away, and he was like... It's, oh. an, it's an American comic. They still have pennies. Well, this was back in the day, too. But, yeah, you're yeah. right. They didn't get rid of them down there. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. This, this comic <laughs> does work, <laughs> now that you mention it. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the local bank and going, what's with all these fucking pennies being turned in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Imagine rolling them all up. Yeah, we're not accepting that bag of loose pennies. <laughs> I will say, we're, we're making fun of this guy, but if he shot a penny in your eye, like you're done for, I yeah, would say. Yeah, yeah. You remember when you used to flick bottle caps? And, and, <laughs> I could never do it. Oh, really? No, I never I, learned. I definitely had a friend or two get one in the eye. And realized, I definitely couldn't do it while blowing a bubble. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay, another happy camper. Mm-hmm. His name is Girth. AKA Tubby Walsh. <laughs> That's his uh, he was, I was worried there you're going to porn route there, yeah, but no, no, no. Even better. Uh, what's he, his What's his uh, street name? Big Dick Johnson. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wouldn't Big Johnson work too? Um, yeah. So he attended a program. He's a clerk who attended the same program uh, to awaken the inner superhero. So I guess he was letting them know a little bit. Uh, the camp was actually a front. We knew that. His powers and abilities, he could control his large stomach, which also seemed to be imbued with superhuman strength. Nice. So he literally has like a beer belly, like Budweiser gut, and he can slap people around with it. Yeah, well, he's a, that's a great thing to have. Finally, the most <laughs> racist of the group, Calculator. 
Uh, Quang Dai (laughs) was a mild-mannered actuary who attended a program, yada, yada, yada. Uh, He claims he instantly can assess all probabilities and variables, thus guaranteeing an optimum outcome. Good power. That's awesome. Did they have to make him Korean, though? I don't know. No. Seems kind of fucked up. Well, this was the 90s, right? When... uh... (laughs) When we're racism like, was okay? No. <laughs> no, it wasn't okay, but it was like... Uh, like. Well, we laugh about that, but it was like blatantly accepted a lot more, you know? People call oh, you out on your shit, thankfully, now, when that kind of happens. Yeah, definitely. More. I mean, that's that's good. That's one of... Because, in a way, not to get political again, but it's like a lot of people, the conservative wing tends to be like, we need to go back to the way things were back when... People who had it bad just shut the fuck up and didn't bug us. And you're like, well, <laughs> and things I don't were think easy that... for me. And yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, it's that. That's kind of where I'm at. I get it if you're a white dude that you're sick of hearing about your privilege and all that. But it's like you can't deny the fact that the system has been rigged for us for so fucking long. And and even though there's being attention drawn to it, maybe you don't like that attention. Maybe you feel things are changing. If you could try to accept that things are changing because. You're you're dealing with yeah maybe more more difficulties in your life but those are difficulties that, that a lot of other people have been dealing with forever for generations yeah and the tides are just balancing out a little bit and sometimes for balance to happen things need to go extreme the other way a bit and then it levels out you know like yeah and and my life's not bad as a white dude still other than I guess apparently it's hard to be a white guy but I'm not finding that you know what I mean like yeah of course so everyone should like you were saying about just every person should be given the same fucking rights and freedoms. Freedom, but you know, like, anyways, I don't know where I'm going with this, but fuck, man. Except for that evil scientist at camp, run him up, <laughs> dude. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite things, like, so I, I was telling you and your dad, I listened to Rob Liefeld's podcast, Robservations, yeah. which is like a lot of history of comics and stuff, and he goes deep into stuff. But there's like, like Magneto. This is the best thing. He's seriously talking about this, like like Magneto and his like evilness and stuff. He called his group the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. <laughs> like a little too on the nose. Yeah, come on, man. Like at least give them some leeway in case they want to like take you if you take over the world calling yourself the evil party. Like I don't <laughs> exactly. think like okay. It's not very it. subtle, yeah. Yeah. It's well it's like Doctor Evil from Austin Power, mm-hmm. you know. But that wasn't like in the sixties they they just made the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants because it was like we gotta polarize these guys. This guy's bad and these guys are yeah. good and stuff. I would wonder if that moniker was thrown upon them and then maybe they just adopted it because Magneto hated humans so much. But I don't know, I'd have to go back and read those super old issues. Maybe they were good until they found out they were called evil and they're like, Oh, we better I don't want to lose this job. (laughs) (laughs) I just like to picture the brainstorming meeting with like a whiteboard where they're just trying to come up with names and they land on that. Yeah. Brotherhood. I like that. Very much, very unified. I like that Quicksilver. Good. We're all mutants. Uh, What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, it's weird to call ourselves that because we think we're just like a different uh, type. We're not mutants, but uh, how about if we're evil as well? (laughs) We might get what we want. Yeah. I don't know. I think they knew they were bastards, though. Yeah. I, yeah, I read the, uh, I think it was like the first 30 or something issues of X-Men back in the day, and it's definitely different from new comics. It wasn't very popular. It was not a popular comic. At the time, comic. you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People didn't really like it. And uh, only when the new ones came out, when like Wolverine and... Well, it got like, canceled, yeah. After yeah. about five or seven years, I want to say. It was canceled in 1970 and didn't reboot with Wolverine and that crew until 75. Yeah. Yeah. Which is cool, because they went like totally... Uh, international. Yeah, I think I might. I mean, there was. I think if they had an American, it was 
I think Cyclops was still Cyclops on. was the one from and, the original team and, and there's and a, they all got captured somewhere and he made it out so he yeah. went back to Professor X and Professor X like I got a backup crew I never told you yeah and they're from, they're from all over the world yeah. except I think there was a Native American uh, yeah Thunderbird. Thunderbird but he died in like the second mission like really? he died, yeah the Fuck. second episode he well he sacrificed himself for the team though yeah he, some plane exploded or something and he blew himself up taking down the bad guy yeah and so, then the noble but. and and then the the other one like uh. Is this Sunspot or Sunfire? Sunfire, Sunfire? was from Japan. Yeah. Japanese one. I'm sorry to anyone know. if I've talked about this on the podcast before, because I can only imagine if you're not into comics and you've heard me talk about this before. Yeah. Uh, but it was progressive at the time, for sure. Banshee was from Ireland, which is still kind of a white guy, but yeah. uh, Nightcrawler was from Germany and Storm yeah. was from Africa. Yeah, at least they were trying something different, because like, yeah. look at NFL Super Pro. That's like... <laughs> His name's Johnny America, and he... Well, and, and with girth, it's like, if you're a fat fuck who just watches football, you you could be on his team. You yeah. could be one of the happy campers. His superpower is eating nachos. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that that shit got published is hilarious, but I guess the guy really wanted those free tickets. You yeah. know, what are you going to do? Yeah, I remember that, because like, I think that hap- that lasted about five minutes. Yeah, and, maybe five issues or something, probably. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's funny. Like, the Marvel would do that all How the about time. about these weird merchandising things well one other thing i learned is that marvel was basically saved by star wars back in the day really star wars did not have when it first came out it was not expected to be obviously the hit it was yeah um and it was like a monster hit beyond all comparison but they didn't have any merch or anything they didn't have toys they didn't have anything for like a year because they were like let's fire it up and get toys yeah they were a long time well you're not going to pre-make like that amount of toys for a movie that you don't even know is going to be yeah, well-received. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so they did, they had a licensing agreement with Marvel and Marvel printed like all these ongoing stories of, and apparently they, they were just like, Luke cannot meet Darth Vader in this comic. You mm. guys can write whatever you want, but that cannot happen. So there's this like whole series and people were like, yay, the further adventures of Star Wars. And they sold so many of them that it basically made Marvel a, a, like a successful company again. Like they were just in the, they were pretty Crazy. bottomed out. Yeah. Cause I, I, well, I was going to say, I had heard that they were in a bankruptcy kind of state in like the late nineties. I remember that being a thing where Marvel was like yeah. optioning off all their characters to a variety of studios, which would later come bite them in the ass when they had the MCU with Disney and they're like, okay, we want those characters back. And then universal's like, no, if you're going to make it, we're going to be involved for the Hulk movie or like Sony, of course, with that ongoing stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, I really wish that's one thing I wish Marvel had never done. If I, the MCU could have just been from the beginning, they have access to everybody and they didn't have to tiptoe around the X-Men while they continued to put out these rather shitty Fox X-Men movies. Yeah. At least in my opinion, I, I didn't really enjoy them. Oh, really? Uh, no, not really. Being a huge X-Men fan, just they veered so far from the stories. My favorite one is the third one. <laughs> oh, I, I actually like that original trilogy. Yeah, the, probably more than the ones that came out after the. I uh, haven't even seen all those. First the fir- class, the first or two. Like X Men Two is is really great. X Men. Yeah. I loved X Men. I saw it in the theater. Uh, Same here. Yeah. Um, the first one's pretty good. The second one's really good. Yeah. The, the third, third one's, one's okay. It sucks. It's a lot of people like, hate it. I don't hate it as much as I love Frasier as Beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there sure. were p- moments that I I could pick out as like, oh, that was kind of cool. Dude, I saw I saw X Men: Days of Future Past in 3D. I don't like oh, 3D shit. movies. I like going to plain old movies because I'm like, I don't care. I don't want to wear things. I don't need yeah. to see it jump out. 
and it's in 3D, and like that movie is almost all just guys having conversations about what it means to be a mutant. And I remember watching this courtroom scene where it's like, well, it really looks like that guy's sitting behind that other guy in court. Like, like, what a lack of usage for the technology. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that was probably all for that Quicksilver scene where he's like running around in slow motion or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's great stuff in there, but it was like, um, I'm with you, though. It sucks to wear the glasses, man, because if you get like one scratched lens and you don't realize till the movie's starting and you got to put them on, now you're. I hate shit like that. It's yeah. like having a floater in your eye. I, I enjoyed Doctor Strange in 3D because it was like, you're going to watch a kaleidoscope for like 10 minutes in the middle of the yeah. movie. And it was like, hey, that's pretty Not cool. included shrooms. Yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> exactly. you know, that could be interesting. Yeah. The next one should be pretty cool. The uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, I hope so. I'm going to go check it out for sure. I, I just saw the, I saw Spider-Man uh, yeah, whatever, so a month ago. Yeah, it was great. It, uh, it had... For me, it had a couple too many nods to like the like winks and nods where like remember the original X Men where they're like, "What did you expect? Yellow spandex." Yeah, yeah. And everyone like I remember seeing it break in the, the theater. fourth wall a little bit. Yeah, but I remember seeing it in the theater and like the nerds watching it were laughing. <laughs> and you're like, "That was in the fucking trailer, dude. You can't be <laughs> laughing at it in the theater. You've already heard it sixteen times. Yeah, like you're not in on the secret joke." But I felt like like Spider Man like had so many. Every character was like. Well, I'm not. A, I'm something of a scientist myself, Peter. And you're yeah. Like, oh, it's that line that a character in reality would never remember saying to somebody. Yeah, it's not twenty like years ago. Or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous, and and I get it. Like, it's a nod to like the whole history of comics and stuff. Well, I would say, and the multiverse within the MCU itself, like there are these overlaps of characters and uh, from different realities, but they're all yeah. still sort of versions of the same person. Yeah. Oh, I love the way they did it because, and I loved like my Spider-Man is Tobey Maguire just cause the timing, like I was like 20 and he was the first one really, other than the electric company. That. I would but, not uh, agree at all. Really? You're, are you no. more of a modern guy? I would say Tom Holland just because I think he's been the best Spider-Man. Um, I think the only thing that in my opinion, sort of hampers Tom Holland, Spider-Man, and I've learned to love it in its own way is I'm very excited for the next trilogy that they say they're making with him because the first trilogy was two Iron Man's my babysitter. Yeah. And like that did bug me a bit, but I recognize that like when they started making these flicks, that's where the Marvel universe was sort of at with the other larger picture of the Avengers and it helped tie Spider-Man into the Avengers and yada, yada. But I'm very excited at the end of the newest one, how they set him up to be like this broke fuck in an apartment and he's older and he doesn't know anybody pretty much now. And that's kind of the Spider-Man I remember when I was a kid. Like he worked at the Daily Bugle. He was dating Mary Jane eventually, but like... Which is crazy because they had to go full on to have him in the MCU. They had to spend three movies to bring him back to like... Spider-Man. Neutral point. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, three trilogies, really, because they did the same fucking origin kind of young Peter thing, which is understandable. You want an actor to be able to age into the role and make these movies for as long as possible, but it still felt a little tired, and that's why they they skipped the whole Uncle Ben death uh, with Tom Holland, because yeah, yeah. they were like, fuck that. We yeah. need to see that shit again. Dude, I like I did not really enjoy the Andrew Garfield ones much at all, especially the second one. The first one was all right, yeah. The first one, it has, like... There's a reporter who's like, oh, no, the lizard's heading uptown. And you're like, okay, you don't have to, like, literally tell us what's happening in the movie. And like, now the lizard looks angry at Spider-Man. You're like, shut the fuck up. I can see what's happening. Yeah. And the second one was ridiculous. The second one was pretty bad, yeah. But, but they... Although the second one was the most comic-accurate suit for Spider-Man they've ever had on film. Sure. For whatever that's worth. <laughs> yeah. Not much. <laughs> I'm um, a nerd. I don't know. I appreciated that. But, uh... 
but they had that underlying plot that it was like his parents were killed in an airplane and they were spies or something. Yeah, which and then, is true to the comics. Yeah, but it's also like, can we pay that off? Like, I would love to read a synopsis of what the third movie was going to be just to find out what that story was because by not making it, you're like, um, okay, I guess yeah, that wasn't... Yeah, it becomes important. irrelevant. Yeah, you're right, since it got discontinued or whatever. Yeah, like if the, if a leaks, if a script leaked about that, I'd read it for sure. I'd be like, oh, that's what happened. I can yeah. tell you what I know from the comics is that his parents, I don't know if it was like retcon later, but Peter Parker's parents ended up being like, or they were rather um, like shield agents and mm -hmm. they died in a mission or they weren't actually dead. I think that's what it was. They came back, but who knows? They were probably clones or something from the Jackal. I don't know, yeah. man. Comics have been around for so long. These characters have been around so long. If you can throw a dart and that shit's probably happened in some issue, whatever it lands on, you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Because fuck man, like, what are they going to do? People get pissed off at that. Oh, they're rebooting things again. Oh, number one again. It's like, yeah, that's because it's got to be, you got to get those new readers. It's got to be somebody's number one. And the old fogies who have been into comics for decades, like you've seen everything happen to this character. Don't you kind of want them to recycle it at some point to yeah. just have yeah. a new spin on that? You know? Yeah. And, they're and they're still churning out Spider-Man like crazy. Like I get amazing Spider-Man, right? Mm -hmm. And I get comics delivered every two weeks and there's always two new issues every so every week. There's a new issue of Amazing Spider, and then there's all the other Spider titles. That's a weekly, yeah. Yeah, it's a weekly, wow. and you don't get that a lot anymore. No. Like a lot of comics are like once a month, sometimes even longer. You know, but these aren't different Spider-Man titles, though. No, this is Amazing oh, Spider-Man. Oh, sorry, yeah, wow. you said that every friggin' week, and it's going like they're coming in so quick, I can't keep up with them. You know, yeah. but and that's Spider-Man. He's just such a money maker for these guys. It's huge. Right now. Yeah. Oh, that's what we were talking about. Uh, I can't remember if that was before the podcast or not, but we were talking about... Um, NFL Super Pro. Well, <laughs> collecting <laughs> cards, though. We were talking about yeah. um, trading yeah. cards and shit like that. And um, it's something that I started dabbling in um, a few years ago because I, I collected cards when I was a kid, like Marvel cards and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Not really sports cards for me, but uh, I had fond memories of that. And I kind of thought it just like died out or or that... I certainly didn't realize what it had become, which was that in more recent years, uh, maybe the 2010s, I don't know exactly, but they started offering things in cards that weren't really a thing when we collect, or I don't know if you collected cards, but... So, to some degree, yeah. Yeah, like they, they didn't have autographs that you could pull. They didn't have artist sketch cards that are one of one. Like they have all these really no, cool... They had, they, dude, they had a piece of really hard, will cut your mouth gum in them. Oh, you're going that far back. Yeah. I was going to well, say, they had a, holograms was... or something. You, they'd have like a chase set that you're trying to track down. It's harder to pull these yeah. cards. Or, but now they have legitimate cards where it's turned into like a, a gambling aspect. It's 100% gambling. You can spend... You know, 300, 1,000, depending on... There's all these different tiers for products, um, depending on how much you want to spend. And usually the risk reward is kind of equivalent to that. So if you buy a $1,000 box of hockey cards these days, you could pull a card that's worth like 50 grand. Mm -hmm. It's fucking bananas. But anyways, what I didn't realize was that they were doing this for Marvel stuff now. So you can get sketch cards or like, you know, an autograph of a famous... Uh, well, the people who play them in the MCU, they do that as well. So Robert Downey Jr.'s autograph or whatever. So a few years ago, before the pandemic, I had a birthday coming up and I saw that a lot of the stores locally had trading card packs that were more modern than what I was used to. And uh, they were kind of sitting there for a long time. Like, oh, I've seen these here for like a couple of years. So I started kind of going like, oh, wouldn't it be fun on my birthday to just open a bunch of trading cards just for fucking nostalgia and shits and giggles and whatever. So I'd pick one up here or there. And uh, in most instances, because they had been sitting there so long, I would haggle and be like, hey, uh, I got some old action figures or, you know, I traded for a lot of it. I bartered and got store credit and stuff. Uh, so I opened them and uh, long winded story is that 
after the pandemic or during the pandemic, this the industry for collectibles has boomed. And I revisited a lot of these cards I had pulled that I thought were like maybe okay. And like I was telling you, I sold a Spider-Man card for 500 bucks the other day. Yeah. And this is something that when I pulled it even was definitely not worth anywhere near there. You know, it's it's bananas how fucking popular this is now. Oh my God, dude. Yeah, that stuff is just skyrocketing. And like what I said to your dad, and I think you were in the room too, is like, I think it could be like being used as a form of money laundering because like you clean money by buying, you're like, a lot of it's done online through like online auctions and stuff. Like, yeah. Like this comic behind me, you could sell on, you could sell that to someone who would use that capital to like wash their money or whatever they're getting. Like, like interesting there because, and a lot of people are not trusting banks. Like you have Bitcoin and these kind of things like blockchain stuff. So Another, you're saying buying them as assets yeah. instead of having to have like cash. It's like, Oh, I just have this really expensive comic book collection. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, not even collection. You can buy a copy of, uh, Oh yeah. Just like uh, of Sp Spider-Man one. Yeah. Some crazy expensive, hold book. on to it. And it's, and, dump it later it's like flipping a house you flip a comic yeah. because the the uh, market is like just like skyrocketing so much because so many people are buying into it what's the reason maybe it's a way to clean money i don't know i hmm. I, I can't all be on the up and up but whatever it is people are seeing are collecting comics and things like that and cards oh i think in, it's in lieu of collecting like art or yeah, I think it's also largely the pandemic got a lot of people stuck at home looking through their old shit and then well, finding and they had, like their a lot cards more, and... a lot more uh, disposable income because uh, yeah, I mean you're not, going, you're not going anywhere, you're just working. You yeah. can and you can have things. If you're lucky to be you. still working, because obviously yeah. some people are, you know have not been in that position. People's businesses closing down, which is why there is two sides to this, and I do agree not to get political again, but. Yeah. Uh, anyways, it's been really kind of a fun experiment, just buying some here and there. And uh, I'm obviously happy that all that stuff appreciated. But when I did, the one thing I did get when I bought them originally, um, maybe this was the previous birthday. Maybe that's how I got the bug or whatever. But there was these new X-Men cards coming out. I'm a huge fan. And it was the first time I had seen like a really premium product where I'm like, oh, it's 300 bucks for this box with like 10 packs in it. Wow. But you know, you're trying to get these hit cards that are then worth like a couple grand or whatever. Yeah. And I pulled... You know what else they do with that? They're called scratch tickets and you can buy yeah, them yeah. at the convenience store. I've been known <laughs> to buy those from time to time. Yeah, but this is also mixed with nostalgia and, and Marvel stuff. And, uh, you know, it's... Scratch is an itch in another way too, where like even if I didn't pull some super expensive card, it was still fun. I don't know that I would do it regularly uh, because I think if you do do it regularly, you got to be flipping some of these cards to get money for the next box yeah. and whatever. But... um Nevertheless, the first box I bought, I, I got like the luckiest shit ever. It was full of all these crazy expensive things when I think you're only usually supposed to get one or two, but mm -hmm. it was like I got a, a God box. It was just like, what? Cheat code. Nice. Uh, and the main thing I got was this one out of 25 in the world, this redemption that I sent away for a autographed lithograph by Greg Hildebrandt of the X-Men. And, you know, he's a famous artist. He's done work on some of the old Star Wars posters in the 70s. And him and his brother, Tim, who's passed away now, uh, they were kind of like a duo. They did a lot of the old Marvel Masterpieces cards and stuff. So. Right on, cool. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this other than that That's was crazy. really cool. Yeah, I'll show you it after the... It's on the wall there, but... Yeah. A, a 25 in the world. Yeah, it's mine is eight out of 25, I think. I've never sure. looked into how much I could sell it for. I don't really want to because it was yeah, yeah. just such a cool experience. But yeah. maybe I'll, uh, I'll check in like 10, 20 years and maybe I'll sell it if I want to get a cottage or something. Yeah, that'd be nice. Well, I mean, as, as dark as to say when the artist dies, that's usually when things will spike. I don't know how, yeah. morally how different people feel about cashing in on that. 
But well, they're not they're not signing anything else, and they're exactly. not creating anything else. So yeah, it is a market. And the the uh, the other one would be like a tie-in. Like if uh, another X Men movie comes out, that's a, that's yeah, a good time to that's sell huge in comic so. buying right now. Like if yeah. Marvel announces. Oh, we're going to be doing a show in two years, uh, but it's this character. All the books go up. First appearance, you know, notable storylines. Yeah, dude, I got, some, story lines. I got some shitty old Moon Knight comics from the 90s that must be worth more than the dollar they were worth a year ago. Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because even the, the stuff that's not worth much is still probably worth a bit more than it was. Yeah. I read some of the new, the, the Moon Knight show that's out or was coming out. It's coming out, yeah. Uh, I read some of the comic that that's based on, and it's probably going to be really good. Yeah, he's got like split personality. And like a bunch of them, too, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that one was written by Jeff Lemire. Who do you know him at all? He, he doesn't sound familiar, but he's uh, Canadian. He's from Toronto, or he lives in Toronto. He did uh, Sweet Tooth, which is also oh, that's on Netflix. Yeah. Now. yeah, I haven't seen it. Great comic. These looks cool. He's got a comic called uh, Black Hammer, which is kind of his like version of like the superheroes, like Justice League and stuff like that. Mm. Amazing. One of my favorite writers. Check him out. I've got, I've got a bunch of those black hammers. They're great. Yeah, I bought them for my other son, and, and there's some new ones just coming out now. I'm just getting so yeah. Yeah, yeah he's like he's like one of the the best right now, and he's writing for everyone. He writes like on DC, on Marvel comics. He's great. great I stuff. got really into um, this guy in when I went to the cottage. I brought I, we took some books out from the library, and they've actually got a lot of good graphic novels at the library. Yeah, that's um, where I get my stuff for sure. Yeah, why not? Right, and, and you never want to buy that, and then you're gonna read it like what in five years, maybe again once. Yeah, yeah, it's not worth it uh, unless you just want to support the industry, I suppose. But yeah, I really got into this guy named Ed Piscor, who's uh, he's got these like I don't know what you would call it. It's like a condensed version, like the ones I read were X Men. I don't know if you could tell I like the X-Men, but yeah, it was called X-Men Grand Design, and it was these two books that were oversized as well. They're like these big, they're fun to hold, and the artwork is kind of a throwback. Uh, like the way they print it and the colorization looks very like old 60s, but mm -hmm. the artwork is great. And it's like sort of Cole's notes, if you will. Like he kind of covers all the major storylines that happened with these characters without you having to read all that. Uh, which was fine. It's not like I was trying to get a shortcut. Most of these stories I already knew, but for whatever reason, it was really nice to have it all together. And I don't know, you just kind of got to read it before you'll get what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah no, uh, I was just talking to my wife about that. I was explaining like the, between comic, like I, I collected comics in the 90s when I was like, in the early 90s, excuse me. Um, and I read them. And I've always been like a story guy, whereas like listening to Rob Liefeld's podcast, he's an artist. He's all about the art. He's like, this is yeah. beautiful lines. And I'm like, I couldn't care less about inking in a comic, really. And in the 2000s, I would just read like Wikipedia entries, like what's Venom been up to? Yeah, and I would read it. And I didn't feel like I was missing anything by not reading the things. But even back then, it was good enough. I'm like, holy shit, Venom became anti-Venom? This is crazy stuff. Yeah. Or gotta, Flash Thompson, Agent yeah. Venom. Yeah. And yeah. I've read some of those subsequently, but I was like, whoa, that's nuts. I yeah. love that. But uh, they used to have Marvel Age, which was kind of like a almost like little encyclopedia and it would do the same thing it would like have a drawing of a character yeah like, like uh I, I have some of those books yeah, yeah. and i it's had like, a bunch of them i remember reading them because it was like reading an encyclopedia of characters and like whoa that guy's that strong he can lift up two trucks whoa, yeah that's cool how many tons and, and i just stats. i just loved it like i didn't need necessarily the whole comic adventure and dialogue it was just like this guy once fought dr doom and he punched yeah. him into space and like whoa that's crazy that's very interesting you say that. I would say I'm very much the same. I've probably talked about this before, but yeah, I grew up 
mainly like hearing about these characters from my brother who actually read the comics. Yeah. And I had the trading cards and I watched the cartoons and there weren't really movies back then. Uh, but I didn't do a lot of actual comic book reading. I changed that as I got older. I started getting into graphic novels and stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's weird how it's got like a folklore aspect to it that you don't really, it can be passed by word of mouth and it's still like, pretty rad I, yeah i think like i i think marvel comics is kind of on par with like the beatles in terms of like they've like beatles songs are not songs anymore there's beatles songs that are like carols mm. like like yellow submarine isn't it feels like it's public domain almost. yeah it's yeah. a thing where you sing it to a two-year-old we yeah are, and the octopus's goes, yeah. garden or- yeah not as much that one but yeah <laughs> i was trying to think of another but, ringo song uh aren't those both ringo songs I yeah so. yeah no they're great for sure but like uh, yellow submarine surpassed that and so did like i want to hold your hand like they've yeah. they're not songs anymore they're worldwide entities and Mar- yeah. marvel is that too like spider-man is a character for the ages it's like a, a teen who's down on his luck and everyone likes him. Everyone it's like likes Robin Hood or something. Or yeah, like exactly. One of these, like, like, they're, le- you know, they're like Arthur. myths, yeah. basically, in, in, instead of created characters. Yeah. And uh, and DC, to some degree, I like Bat- they have Batman. And other than that, I... <laughs> yes. This is exact. No, he knows. What He's just like? saying other than Batman. Yeah, my dad's a major DC guy. Really? And my brother, too, yeah. yeah. I, I don't really get it, to be honest. Like, I just think DC is way campy. It's yeah. like they haven't like evolved with the times in the same way. They, they'll. I'm not saying they won't do like a progressive storyline or this character's gay now or whatever. Like obviously they're all trying to do that stuff and appeal to the masses, which is great. But I. But then they don't change like the terrible costume or like the really just stupid character. I just don't have the same intrigue in it. Like Hawkman, it's like he's got the mask of a hawk, and he, and I'm like I don't care. I never <laughs> cared about that. And. And I they, will say I shouldn't talk down about D- DC after just doing a whole thing about Super Pro fucking which was Marvel. So, you know, they, they all have their oh, stinkers. Oh, they have their problems yeah. for sure. I just think I always found DC less appealing to me. It was for some reason Yeah, like, same here. The villains, the good guys, they just weren't they didn't ring true to me. And um, someone said I think it was Kevin Smith that Batman is the best Marvel character in the DC universe. That like you could take him out and bring him to Marvel and he would fit in perfectly. Maybe not all of his villains, some of them are pretty lame. Uh, well, yeah, I mean... Uh, the Mad Hatter? Come on. Yeah, they, yeah, there was a lot of those. The Ventriloquist. He's an old guy with a fucking dummy with a baby tummy gun. Why is that intimidating when you're Batman? Oh, my, yeah, but I mean, they all have those. Like like the uh, original Spider-Man, like... Uh, yeah, some of his were bad. Cut, like the Tinkerer. What does he do? He makes little <laughs> robots. That, and you're like, okay, that's not that good. But, uh, we, but also- we read one. I read some old ones to my son, and there was uh, The Living Brain. And it's basically this giant supercomputer that would not even be like as good as like an Apple from the 80s. Because this was like in the 60s, yeah. and computers weren't really a thing. For sure, yeah. But the, whole run, the whole run of Spectacular Spider-Man was like to, to have like offshoot one-off, like like... Not like Boomerang, the Australian yeah. guy who throws... You're like, I don't care. Like, these are stupid. Well, like, yeah, but um, <laughs> DC has Captain Boomerang. Yeah. Marvel has Boomerang. Okay, okay. Here's here's a what one issue with DC. They have Mr. Freeze, who is a Batman villain who freezes people. And then there's a Flash, Captain Cold. And they're the same guy. Base, like, no. their, their Legos are, like, almost the exact same thing. <laughs> and you're like, what... Like, did they not know they were ripping themselves off with this thing? They're very similar. I wonder if Marvel has that, though. They've got Iceman. That's about it. 
I don't know any. There's probably other ice characters though. I think like uh, yeah, yeah, you're bound just, to get that shit. But but to have two characters that are so clearly the same and not to acknowledge it and be like, no, no, yeah. no, that's Captain Cold. And you're like, okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure their personalities are probably different. I don't yeah, know because Mister Freeze is like this. Uh, tortured guy because his wife is on ice or whatever right from what i remember from the cartoon and all that whereas uh captain cold i don't really know much about him he's it's kind of like a i think he was in the mil- my dad military know. i know his name is leonard snart leonard snart yeah yeah yeah, yeah. he's terrible just, name he's just a guy like so many of these guys no real superpowers or anything but he's he's just got a scientific background or something he invented that's, a cold that's gun like mr freeze though oh, yeah but point. mr freeze has got a, a physiological condition right where he has his body has to be kept ultra cold he has yeah. like a containment suit. Yeah, yeah he has to wear a containment suit and that was always you know batman was always cracking it with a batarang or something to be oh no like you know, yeah. <laughs> that's all i have to this do is, is a put system. a hole in his suit a he's in trouble i probably should have thought about this yeah. from the last time i fought batman and he did this yeah exactly yeah. Uh, well, Batman, I think he has a cool. We've been talking. Anyone who's not into comics is going to be so far gone. Um, yeah. So Batman, I was going to say he's kind of got like really cool villains and really lame villains. Yeah. It's like for every one, there's one on the other side. He's yeah. got the Penguin, super lame in my opinion. You Sorry. think so? Yeah. If you're going to name yourself and your whole motif is going to be a fucking animal and you want to be intimidating, you're going with Penguin. Really? I'm not saying Danny DeVito wasn't terrifying in that movie because that's a whole other thing. I I was very afraid of him as a kid. But that's because he had weird ass fucking penguin yeah, hands and all that, you know. Definitely. But uh, and he ate fish, and that, he, that was too real. But I do think Penguin is lame. I think uh, I thought he was. I thought it was a great character in Gotham, which I haven't finished yet. I, think I never I watched that. Oh, it's, it's they're it's, all younger and stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's good, man. It was a good show for a comic okay. show. Really, yeah, good. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, know, but you know why I collect DC instead of Marvel, and this just put a whole other side of it. Because you're a total rebel. Yeah, that's it. No. Um, <laughs> When I was a kid, I think I started with DC. It's like so many other things, uh, like what you start with. You yeah. Know? Um, but I collected a lot of Marvel when I was younger, and I enjoyed them all. I, you know, like every other boy, I identified with Peter Parker. I was Peter Parker, except I yeah. didn't have the powers, right? All that kind of stuff. But uh, when I started back into collecting, like we were talking, uh, Tavis, before, uh, say 35 years ago, I got back into it. Mm-hmm. I only had so much money. Yeah, okay. you know, and and uh, I started back by by discovering some DC comics that they started out with issue ones again, which I didn't know was a thing, and and I just got back into it, and I do still collect a few Marvels, but I'm I, ha- I had to figure out where I was going to put my money, and there's so many crossovers and there's so much if you want to enjoy a comic in either universe. You really kind of have to uh, collect some of the other characters t- because there's so many references and crossovers yeah. and that. So I just decided. I hate when they do that, to be honest. Yeah, but 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 it continues to this day, right? It's yeah. it's part of the the whole thing. So yeah. I just went more DC so I can get. Plus, I always loved Legion of Superheroes. I I always thought that was one of my just favorite. Like comics. the lamest. <laughs> no, yeah. I just like seeing the future. I like being one thousand years exactly to the day. I just think it's the dumb. They all have a ring that lets them fly, so yeah. everyone on the team can fly. That's well, just because well, you got a guy like Brainiac who invented it. You know, so yeah, yeah I guess. In a thousand years, if we don't all have rings that make us fly, I'm gonna be pretty pissed. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stupid ass characters in the Legion of Superheroes, though. But I think they that was tongue in cheek done on purpose. Matter Eater Lad, right? Then he just yeah. come up in Peacemaker. Oh, yeah. you guys haven't watched haven't it. A couple of lamos. <laughs> Eventually, for sure. Yeah, I guess I was turned off by all those terrible DC movies in recent years. But. Yeah, man. Yeah, they've dropped the ball with that for sure. Their their TV is good, 
Uh, Suicide Squad from James Gunn. They're, they're animated as good. Because they went and got a guy who was putting out good Marvel movies. And they're like, hey. Yeah. <laughs> Marvel fired you temporarily for some tweet from 10 years ago. You want to come over here for a bit? Yeah, exactly. And then Marvel still took him back because that's how fucking good he is at making movies. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Uh, okay, well, we're getting close to the end here, but I did want to ask you this one. I was recently listening to uh, You Made It Weird, Pete Holmes' podcast, mm-hmm. and he was interviewing Martin Starr, and I just thought this was a fun set of questions. He asked him, uh, not to steal his shit, but he asked if you had ever had a near-death experience, seen a UFO, or seen a ghost. Do Any want, of those. Do whatever you think is the most interesting. Unless a short you, answer? <laughs> you see a, a, unless you saw an alien's ghost. Well, that'd be crazy. That'd be the, probably the best you could get here. Yeah. While having a near-death experience. Yeah, I died and saw a vision of an alien's ghost. <laughs> no, but any of those, like, you have some crazy story that would pertain to? Uh, number one, ghosts don't exist. Number two, <laughs> aliens uh, may exist, but they probably are not anywhere near us. Or they're octopuses. Well, UFO, right? So just an unidentified flying object that you may have seen in your life. That's where I was going with it. Just uh, inexplicable. I one time saw what, like, a green meteor or something that like i was like whoa if i ever saw something that was probably it but i was also drunk and i was like 14 and it could have just been a meteor i guess and it, that's yeah. what it was yeah. uh but no i don't believe that aliens are visiting or ufos or anything uh unfortunately i i mean i i do think there's probably life in the universe you don't think anyone's ever been abducted though uh <laughs> Yes. No, I mean humans from aliens, not just in general. I know people abduct other people. No, do no, of course not. You don't know. No, no. Uh, I believe the human mind can play tricks on people and stuff, but uh, and it, people are attention seekers is another thing. Yeah, and people are crazy. By yeah. the way. <laughs> lots of people are crazy. Do I believe in? I, I believe there's alien life out in the universe because statistically, it would be impossible not to. Because if life can exist here, it must be able to exist in the billion trillions of other stars in the universe and stuff. And, yeah. And so, well, that was something that I, sort I of came up cool. in the podcast that I listened to. They were saying like it's very narcissistic of us to imagine that we're the only ones, you know? Yeah, I mean for sure. But I mean, as far as we know, we are. Like evolution, like evolution to me is like my religion like the the process of it is so cool and it's like like life itself like flows like water anywhere yeah. like, like the first drop of life went boop and then it just like flowed being chased by entropy the entire time like like life came up to, by accident and the universe is like stop stop you can't do that yeah like the the natural order is nothingness and life was like fuck you and it just divided any which way it could to avoid being, it, it, uh, being uh, not like uh, f- f- found a way. Yeah, <laughs> that was my best Jeff Goldblum I could do on this. <laughs> that was, it wasn't that good. I thought that was Sam Neill. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I thought that was Ariana Richards oh, from Jurassic Park. I don't know who uh, that is. That's the girl. Which girl? The, the girl the in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, well, you say it like I'm supposed to remember the the actress. It's a that pretty played. big movie. Well, uh, yeah. she wasn't really. I had the a lead. crush on her at the time. And that explains. We were it. we were the same age. I recently was seeing someone. I was like, oh, I had a crush on that girl, and they're like, now? I'm like, not now. <laughs> I'm 42. And she was 11. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like, I was the same age as this girl. It wasn't illegal at the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, have I ever had a near-death experience? I don't think so. I've had some... I'm sure... I've been in some almost 
car accident. Yeah, it was some close calls, yeah. Yeah, sure. But, like, was I about to die? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> uh, no, nothing too serious like that. What's um, the worst you've ever gotten injured, then? Let's switch it to that. The worst I've ever gotten injured? Yeah. Uh, I've luckily been not that injured in my life. I dislocated my kneecap when I was in high school. Ooh, like that it popped. Rough. Yeah, it wasn't great. It, po- <laughs> it it popped out to the side and it was like sticking kind of off my oh. off my knee and my knee was bent like that and I went to the hospital and they Jesus. popped it back in. And I really I had to do some exercises to fix it. Physio type stuff. Physio yeah. stuff. Other than that, I have I've been pretty blessed with You never broke that. a bone other than that? I think I might have broken my toe at one point, ah, but I, yeah, I I think I broke a rib. That sucked actually. Oh shit! Yeah, I was playing basketball and I I bruised or broke a rib and it for like a month breathing hurt. And, and there's nothing like, they can really do. No, I've seen uh, some guys with broken ribs. They'll tie like a have like bandages around. I don't know if yeah. the pressure helps or whatever. But that's the ultimate badass move when you when you see the guy when he's wrapped up on here. <laughs> And then he puts his shirt on. He goes back out to like fight and detectivize or whatever. And everyone's like, "Whoa, he's so tough." He's so rough and tough. Going out with the yeah. I always thought that looked really cool. The same the same way that uh, those shoulder holsters for guns yeah. look cool. Or the leg ones are pretty cool too. Eh, I guess it's got to be small to fit on the leg though. Yeah, the shoulder one just looks badass. You're like a '70s '80s cop who's just like, like double. Yeah, <laughs> double. For Doubles. Sure. I would say. I mean, not a big gun guy, but <laughs> I don't think you're legally allowed to just shoot two guns when you're a cop. <laughs> bang, 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 bang. <laughs> In Texas, maybe. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna ask you this season. Unless you have a question, I don't know. No, not really for this one. I mean, he's a repeat guest. You're gonna have to cut this. this. It, it was the, the the only question I had was like Tavis is unusual, and I'm just wondering. Not you as a person, but yeah, your name. Thanks. <laughs> you must be getting. I'm just. People call you Travis a lot. But I, then I, I reminded him we probably. I'm almost positive talked about this. Like, probably yeah. the first time you came on. Yeah, and that's actually one thing I did want to talk about was the the interesting dynamic when you have a return guest, because I found like in one way, it's kind of this is our X Men too. <laughs> This is our. I, I'm uh, Jamie Fox in the second Spider Man <laughs> at this point because the origin story you've already found out. Well, that's what I mean. There's not as much setting up and and just figuring out. Oh, who is this person and what made you get into comedy and all that shit. Like, in a way though, that's kind of good, especially early on because it gave me material. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. half my notes are just like asking this person about. So when you have a return guest, I always make sure it's somebody that I know I can talk to where like the last time we talk ended with us just like in free flowing conversation where I didn't want it to end kind of thing. Yeah. You know? I actually regretted that because I ran out of time here. I had to go. Oh, did do, you? I had to go oh, do a show. Yeah. I had to go do a show at Shanghai and I was like, fuck, I wanted to stay and chat. Oh, well, thank and, you. That makes stuff. me feel very good. Um, I would say that uh, there's a lot of those early episodes that I would love to interview some of those people again because, you know, we were plagued with technical difficulties and I would assume that I've grown as a host. Um, So, yeah, there's a lot of people I'm going to call up sooner or later to come back, you know, just because it's uh, such a different vibe now. Well, especially like post-pandemic, you'd be like, hey, how has your life life fallen apart in the last two years? Like, (laughs) slowly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, everyone, it's common ground. At least everyone can relate. Yeah. Uh, But, yeah, we had some really bad ones back in the day where... uh, just the technical side fucked things up. This is where you're supposed to put a thing where you're like, go check out that old episode and not be like, those were terrible. Well, you oh, know what? God, if, don't look, don't don't even watch them. If, if Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I, I will obviously leave them up, but I don't. 
know that I even want to rewatch some of the older ones. And that's nothing against those guests. And they're probably not as cringe worthy as I'm assuming. But well, I don't want to rewatch this, and I'm currently living in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, would you want to watch like your oldest stand up bits, like from when you first started? You're going to be like, oh, God, you know. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. And arguably, I'm sure I'm still figuring things out every time I do an interview. But uh, yeah, I know I would be shaking my head at past me and some of uh, just the flow of things. I don't know. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, unless you don't get better as a artist or whatever your thing is, then you probably wouldn't love looking back on stuff. You're like, oh, that was so basic. And whatever. No, but there's the opposite side where some people would actually go and actively delete older stuff because they're like, oh, oh well, yeah. I don't really like how I came off in that or whatever. And uh, I, n I never really thought about that. But I remember having a similar conversation when I was talking to John Doerr and he said like, oh, leave them up. Like it's all showing the, the journey, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So you shouldn't be embarrassed of that stuff. It should be celebrated that, yeah, it wasn't perfect, but that's how I started to refine and chip away at whatever it is that I'm working on with this shit. Yeah, you know? 100%, man, for sure. I, uh, I'm i not ashamed of my older stuff. There's jokes I certainly wouldn't ever do again yeah. because they were, like everyone, I, when I started doing comedy, I was a little bit like, I'm going to push some buttons, you know? I'm going to say stuff that's like, ooh, I'm, yeah, a, I'm a little stinker. Yeah. And you're like... And then you realize, like, eh, that that could just do more harm to someone than good. Like, there's no reason to call something out when it could hurt someone's feelings in the audience. Well, and audience. some of that stuff I, hasn't I, aged well. Yeah, but if I want to hurt someone's feelings in the audience, I do it to their face because yeah. I love interacting with the crowd and making fun of them and stuff. <laughs> but I wouldn't want to do some backhanded thing where it seems like, oh, that you're you're lesser than. For, yeah, for punching down and targeting yeah. people and stuff. Yeah. 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 Right, shit. Well, you know what, man? I'm going to ask you number three, season three question here because I feel like I've gone through pretty much everything and we've Damn. gone all over the place. It's been a blast. You're going to have to cut this into like three different episodes. Right? Not if I want to get it up for tomorrow. It's going to be <laughs> as little editing as possible. I may put out some pictures of these super pro guys, though. That'll be pretty fun. Yeah, sick. Um, yeah, so season three, we've been asking people, what is your dream job? And that has sort of transformed in some situations into uh, what did you want to be growing up? So either or. What, however you want to answer that. I can answer both of them. If they're the same, then, you know, that's They're awesome. not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Most people, it's not, yeah. I uh, I mean, I've come to terms with the fact that I, I tend to surround myself with people who are, like, fairly unemployable philosopher types. Like, that <laughs> seems to be my my crowd. Comedians? Like, yeah, comedians yeah. and, like, friends I have outside of comedy where I was attracted to as friends who were, like, guys who like to think about stuff and, like... Um, that isn't a calling. That's like a what I would do if like if someone paid for my lifestyle, I'd go drink coffee and solve the world's problems with my friends and stuff. Kind of like this. I mean, this kind of stuff. Like, so wait, you're saying your dream job would be? Yeah, probably. But I mean, when I was paid to what, shoot the shit. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is kind of being a comedian as well. Yeah, I um, suppose. Yeah. I I love doing stand. If I could work full time and make a good living as a comedy writer. And then I would have my nights to do shows if I wanted to and shit like that. That would be good. I don't need anything. I don't need fame, fortune. I just need like that would consistent be consistent work and yeah, that would yeah. be it. And work on my stuff and uh, do that, and then have time to do other things. Because one of my problems is I have no overall ambition. Like the thing with doctors and the thing with like people yeah. driven. Like I I don't have the drive to do that. I don't have the ambition. I have the ambition to one minute to the next to write an amazing joke or whatever the fuck, pick yeah. up my guitar and play a song. But it doesn't mean I want to do that 
all summer touring around playing a song. I change all the time. Um, I would just love to be able to be creative as much as I can uh, and still... But have that be financially viable all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That would be my dream, which is kind of a pretty small but important No, dream. that's actually I mean, interesting because it shows what a through and through like comic you are because there's a lot of comedians I feel like I might be able to ask that question to and if it's dream job, they might go like, oh, you know, I always wanted to be an archaeologist or whatever, you know? <laughs> like because it's that genie in the bottle scenario we're saying here, but you're yeah. like being real about well, it. Well, like, as, a, as a licensed archaeologist, it would be weird <laughs> for them to be like... <laughs> Oh, that's right. I'm giving up. Yeah. Did you? You told us that last yeah, time, eh? Yeah, Shit, I yeah. totally forgot about yeah, that. Still licensed. Haven't done it in a long time. But um, and you I was, say you have no ambition. How'd I, you get that? Just working. Just just working my way up. Uh, no, I'm just saying you clearly have some ambition if you're a licensed archaeologist. That's what well, I'm I don't have zero ambition. Like I have, <laughs> I have like I have to eat and, <laughs> and pay the mortgage. Kind of ambition. Your dad, yeah. Um, yeah, and being a parent is important. When I was a kid, I really, and this isn't a joke, I really liked the idea of being a garbage man or, or tra- like, I just thought it was, I was like, oh, that'd be cool. You get to work outside. It was maybe it was because it was like one of the only things I could f- conceptualize where you worked outside and you did, mm. did stuff. And, and it smells half the time. Yeah, I know. I don't mind. I didn't mind that. Like, oh, it, right. it wasn't a real serious thing, but I, but I always was like, that'd be kind of cool. You get to see different stuff. And I think they make good money too. Yeah, you make what I've heard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because no disrespect to garbage men, somebody's got to do that job, and I hope they get paid well for doing it. Also, you only have to work one day a week. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, I don't think that's how it works. But (laughs) oh man, that's funny. Um, Yeah, but no, I've never. My dream job was always to just do whatever I wanted to day to day. That would be my thing. Like let's let's go. Learn how to, like. So you, you want to be a billionaire? Kind <laughs> of, I guess. I mean, I just want to be free of the shackles of like uh, having to do something. Yeah. But that being said, when I'm working, I love working. I love doing what I'm doing. But even if it's stupid, if someone's paying me to scrub the floor, I'm gonna scrub your floor real good. Yeah. Because you're paying me for it. But it doesn't mean I. That's my calling. If there's no work you wouldn't do, even if people were paying you. What wouldn't you do, no matter how much someone paid you? And I don't mean a lot like of things. Murdering someone. <laughs> Uh, no, but I mean um, like uh, like fairly common job. Like if you were like, oh, there's no way I'd ever be a fucking dentist. Like something like that, you know? Like what's a fairly common popular job that lots of people do have that you would never ever do in a million years? Uh, I Well, when I was like 17 or 18, I worked as a short order cook, like a cook in a, a bar. That's stressful. For about three days. <laughs> I, I did one day and I, and I was like, I don't know about this. And the second day I go, look, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to find something else. I hate it. And uh, and the guy's like, I really need you to come in tomorrow and cover this shift, and then you can quit after that. And I was like, okay. So I worked there for three days, and I le- I would never do it again. I and I have mad respect for people who work in kitchens. It's a fucking tough job, and it's so sucks. that's why you just found it like really stressful. Uh, I just hated it. I hated being burned by deep fryers. Yeah. I hated being there for eleven hours a day, fucking making a club sandwiches yeah. and shit. But I love cooking. But like uh, cooking for bucks, uh, not for me. Yeah, I, I was a dishwasher for a while, and uh, I was a dishwasher too. And I much prefer being a dishwasher and bus. It still got stressful though, like when the the whole place would get jumping and it'd be packed on like a Friday night or something, because then the whole engine of the machine starts running faster. And like, yeah, I'm not the guy sautéing the delicate whatever the fuck, but I'm the guy that he's yelling like, "We need more pans" or whatever yeah. the fuck. Like, so oh, yeah. that stress trickles down. Oh yeah, the ca- kitchens are brutal, man. Not yeah. not a great it's place adrenaline to- like crazy. Yeah. 
And there's so many like there's so many drug issues and stuff in kitchens. Like, oh, we got drunk all the time. Yeah. People we, don't understand that that haven't worked in service industry. Like, what everyone should work in the service industry. Make everybody a little bit better as people. There's still such a huge difference between front of house and back of house too, though. Like, being in the kitchen is so different than being like a fucking server or something. Yeah, but both of them. I mean, the, the yeah, yeah, they have their own things to go up against. They, for they sure. got to yeah. deal with the public, and yeah. the public are generally assholes. Like, yeah. the kitchen are also generally assholes. <laughs> but they're assholes to each other in a yeah. fun way yeah for sure for yeah sure. no we we used to get drunk we would steal um they had like these boxes of wine that we would just kind of hide up on the shelf while we were like being dishwashers yeah yeah and then we would uh you could have unlimited pop there or whatever from the fountain machines so we would just make like wine spritzers and get hammered yeah one thing we did at a place i worked was we had like onion chips which would be like small onion ring type of things like the petals from whatever yeah okay and uh they were like the favored food for like if, if someone put it up in the hot plate thing and you would just shake the plate a bit and a couple so of them would fall <laughs> off and you could eat those. Oh, nice. It was great. Man, I'm trying to think. The, the thing we probably ate the most was um, stuffed baked like potatoes where you like mm. got them out and then you mash all the those stuff. Are, those have put them gone. In. Like in the 90s, potato skins were a big thing. Like you get like wings and potato skins and stuff. Yeah. And I, I mean, I don't look for them much anymore, but you, I haven't seen them. Like, you don't even get wedges that often anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> Back to that riveting stuff. <laughs> this uh, is my, yeah, this is a real conversation though. Yeah. I miss potato wedges. Yeah, <laughs> me too. Someone's gonna relate to it that. Sucks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. Well, man, I guess that's it. You know, so we have a good time. I hope you come back again some other time. I'd and love to. A high five at the end, like we do. For you, I don't know. I guess I if that you was still want to play. Let me try again. Yeah, it's hard across the table. Nice. Um, yeah, I don't know if you want to do the arcade again. You've already played me once, but it's always up for grabs. And uh, I think I got to go pretty soon. But okay. uh, no yeah, um, oh, yeah, we've already played. No big deal. Yeah, I beat you, so I think I'll just. Did you? Retire. I can't remember. Yeah, well, it was so long ago. Yeah, definitely. I had just gotten it at that point. Yeah. Um. Anyways, all right. Goodbye to everybody. Hope we didn't. Uh, yeah. Can get I, too many. Uh, let me do my. Let me do my promo. Sure. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Plug anything. Please. Okay. If you guys like what you saw over the past six hours of this podcast. <laughs> Um, you can check me out on YouTube, Tavis Maplesden. Um, I write for the Trevor's Pad, which is every Tuesday night, which is Twitch TV slash Trevor's Pad. It's a uh, late night, uh, kind of ranty late night uh, show, comedy show. Trevor's been on the show. Okay, sure. Yeah. Um, and on Thursdays, I'm generally on uh, Codenames Live, which is at twitch.tv slash Tim Riel. Look up Codenames Live. We play the game Codenames, and it's a lot of fun, and we drink wine. And uh, Tim great. has also been on the show. Yeah, <laughs> all these, and check out all these former guests on the on this show. Go check out my old one for my backstory. Watch it before this one. So at this point, I'm telling you to go back and watch <laughs> that one before you watched this thing I'm talking about right now. <laughs> no one's going to do it. <laughs> what I've noticed with uh, YouTube statistics is that generally not very many people make it to the very end of an episode, let alone a long episode like this. So yeah. I probably should have asked for your promo stuff earlier on. But That's uh, all right. but as for your YouTube and all that, that'll come up at the beginning of the episode underneath you. Yeah, like awesome. Up here. Um, yeah, you were talking about code names, though. I'm actually supposed to do that again on March 7th, and I'm bringing Glenn Humplick to be my partner. Oh, no way. That's awesome. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Hopefully that... I love it. It's so fun, dude. It's so fun. Oh, dude, every time I've done that, which is twice, I guess, but I'm like pissing myself laughing. Yes. Yeah. You have a couple drinks. You embarrass the shit out of yourself putting yeah. the stupidest answers, and then Tim chirps you and makes you feel even stupider, but it's, it's great. It's such a good game, though. It works perfectly. It's yeah. such a perfect online game, perfect thing for the pandemic. Like, you just need your 
Skype and you can do this thing. It's cool. The only thing I find hard as a contestant on that show is like paying attention to the chat that's going on, the live chat or whatever. Because yeah. they're always like, oh, you can check the chat if you're looking for help or whatever. But I'm too... I don't like having two different laptops in front of me, and uh, I'm not that tech savvy, I guess. Yeah, me too. Anyways, yeah, so uh, check him out on all that stuff, and check me out on that on the 7th, hopefully, as long as that goes through, should. And uh, the rambling will end now. Yeah. No, that was great. Thanks for having me, dude. <laughs> all right, yo. See you again, man. Okay. Take it easy.